This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Eternal Dirtles is a podcast sponsored by Paragon City Games. And supporters like you, come to our Patreon at patreon.com slash eternaldirtles and support us. Thanks. Y'all know me, Phil B, Eternal Dirtles Legacy, hated by these net decks, banless, and those Hasbros, Watsi, Nate G, real OG, Arklet and Mavericky, cradled out the Heron's host, so gives no f- about Lily V. Zach C, Berserker Dude, pulls the rug on your attitude, days then waste trick, flip this Delva, swing for three with some altitude. Got bruise? We do. Metagame breakdown info too. Listen up, cause here's the show where we stack our decks like spicy news. Hello and welcome to Eternal Dirtles. I'm your host, Zach Clark, and with me this week, Phil Blackman and Nathan Golia. Nate, Phil, how's it going, guys? Doing great. Good to be back. Sorry I missed the last cast. Work, work, work. Yeah, dude. Way, you know. gotta, you yeah. gotta work, as Henry Rollins once said. That is unfortunate. <laughs> you guys want to dive right into some of these cards? We oughta. Yeah, we're going to do some spoilers today because this set is big and weird. Yeah. So it's going to take a couple episodes. It's chopped with like a bunch of like really good playables yeah it's hard to evaluate all this stuff honestly i think it's hard to evaluate all this stuff more than it is definitely good but we'll see um we're gonna start with jace wielder of mysteries one blue 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 so cryptic command mana for a legendary planeswalker jace with four loyalty if you would draw a card while your library has no cards in it you win the game instead plus one Target player puts the top two cards of their library into their graveyard, draw a card, minus eight, draw seven cards, and if your library has no cards in it, you win the game. Uh, Phil, you like this card. Yeah, well, I think that um, anytime there's this type of like alt-win effect, like Lab Maniac is already playable in decks that can use it as a win condition. Uh, yep. And this one for an additional... I mean, I get that it's more blue mana, but for an additional mana, you get it in a way where it doesn't just lose to removal. Does not die to Doomblade. Yeah, exactly. Or Bolt. Or Bolt. And then it also, incidentally, where Lab Maniac does nothing by itself other than be a bear, uh, Jace just nets you a card and, like, you know, enables any graveyard shenanigans that you may have because you get to Thought Scour. Yeah. Yeah, it's a plus one Thought Scour. And then, like, you know, incidentally, in certain matchups where, you know, just having a your personal Howling Mine on the table and then an ultimate that is also just backbreaking. Um, I get that it's competing with, like, Jace the Mind Sculptor, but, you know, as, like, a one-of in Control Mirrors or something like that, it's just like, all right, well, this is a way that if the game ever goes long and everybody's, like, jockeying for position, if this sticks, it's, like, you know, functionally going to win the game the same way a Jace would. Yeah. Yeah, I I think that the mana cost is going to prevent this from being something that's played outside decks that are built around winning the game with its static effect. Yeah, which I think is sense. reasonable, right? Like, but I, I, see, I, like, I see a Lion's Eye Diamond making this three blue. 
you know. I mean, this is also the type of thing where, like, I get, you know, you don't want to get too fringy when you're like, all right, well, you you have to play bad cards to make bad cards good. But I could see a world where this is just another thing that you can, you know, play in your Doomsday deck as your alt win con, right? Like, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Like a Doomsday deck, <laughs> most most specifically. But I'm sure there's another another thing you can churn through with. Yeah, I mean, I this is a high like, tide win condition if you just can draw your whole deck and your opponent has like ley line out or something, right? Like, there's there's reasons to have this card in your board in certain decks. It's got legs, it just doesn't have like a ton of playability. And it's not like you know, Jace Jace the Mind Sculptor level, but it's got it's got some. It's, there's something there. It's very specific, but drawing your deck isn't that outlandish, and. I mean, Almost you could pass also, like this could just be in, uh, you know, another win con in um, win Maybe this, maybe this enables another uh, Dream Hall style deck where you're playing uh, Enter the Infinite or whatever, you know. Also, that's it's a really thought, good sideboard said. card yeah. against High Tide. Oh yeah, definitely is. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, and because you can cast it off their High Tide. Good. Um, okay, so we're going to move on to Fibblethip the Lost. I'm so the, high on Fibblethip. I bet. One in a blue. Oh, it's a blue legend for two mana, so it's definitely in your wheelhouse. Fibblethip the Lost is one in a blue for a legendary creature, Homunculus. He's a 1-1. When Fibblethip enters the battlefield, draw a card. If it entered from your library or was cast from your library, draw two cards instead. When Fibblethip becomes the target of a spell, shuffle Fibblethip into its owner's library. Um, so I'm going to be, I'm going to be perfectly honest. I never read the second clause on this card <laughs> until just now. I had no idea it had the second clause. Go ahead, Phil. Well, I don't think the second clause is going to come up all that often to be honest in any reasonable way. Like maybe it's fringy and moderate or something. I don't know. But the reason that it's going to be, uh, a good card is because it's a blue legend that draws a card. So it's an elvish visionary. That's a blue legend, which means that it's caracasable. Mm-hmm. Yep, and, and the Caracas doesn't shuffle it. It only shuffles in when it's the target of a spell, not an ability. So that means that you can, you just like blue white finally gets to have the wirewood symbiote, elvish visionary engine it's always wanted. And right. if you're if you're interested in this type of thing, it's like sometimes that deck will play like a pair of predicts along with its shell, and it's one of those things where. When you, if you think about the play patterns of like what this would mean, if if you cast it, and they spend any type of card to to make it not hit the table, that's excellent. And then if it hits the table, that's excellent. Excellent. And then if they spend a card to target it and shuffle it back into your deck, that's excellent. I think if they counter this, it's pretty excellent too. That's what I'm saying. Like if, <laughs> it's like counter your one, right? <laughs> exactly. You're totally right. Yeah. It's no, no matter how they interact with it, it's going to be great for you. And then if they don't, and you have the Caracas engine. Like that's just going to pull ahead in, uh, like any type of grindy scenario. And then you can also, if you're playing against um, uh, a deck where like your source to plowshares or whatever would otherwise be dead, you get to play this guy, draw a card, and then use your swords to plowshares as a shuffle effect. Yeah. Uh, Rich Shea at the Leaving a Legacy Open recently played a, um, a Esper Vileblade deck. And this, that's where I think, I think Aether Vile really makes this card sing a little bit. You just like Caracas, Aether Violet. And I like that. 
Yeah, because like if you're already in the market to be playing like the blue white Caracas Click style Legends deck, then Bubble is just an easy inclusion in those slots that would otherwise have been like your predicts or like whatever extra you know card draw like raw card effect that you were playing because he can also just like do the you know block a Gurmag forever because of Caracas and then. Uh, incidentally, if it's just on a board where like planeswalkers are what matters, then he's just going to incidentally tax planeswalkers really well. Yeah, it's like he doesn't line up well against Lily Last Hope, but like if you have Caracas, then you still can get that draw engine online anyway and and protect him. Yeah, you'll bury them in card advantage. Yeah, it's interesting. Anything else on this line here? We're looking at Mythic Spoiler. Um, no, uh, I did want to bring up. Uh, so I don't know how you're uh, you're looking at this, but uh, the line above for me has Kazmina in it, and I, I just want to like kind of talk about this card a little bit. That's weird. <laughs> Hold on, I can't find her. She's one up. Uh, she's on the second row, but uh, I'll, I'll go go ahead and read it while you're looking for it. Uh, Kazmina is enigmatic mentor. It's three and one blue legendary planeswalker Kazmina. Uh, it's uncommon. Spells your opponent's cast that target a creature or planeswalker you control cost two more to cast. Uh, she's five loyalty, and she has only a negative two, and that's create a 2-2 blue wizard creature token, draw a card, then discard a card. Okay, I reloaded it, now it's there. Um, so sorry about that. Uh, yeah, huh. That's a lot of value for that minus two. Yeah, so, like, yeah, the, the thing is, is, like, you're, you're getting a guy, you're getting a little card selection, you might... You know, you might want to discard a card, which is cool. Um, your opponents have to pay three mana, you know, if they're paying one, for one mana spells to, to get rid of your 2-2 two, two blue wizard creatures. And then you just have this static effect that's on the board as a one loyalty thing um, that just sits there and sort of, you know, just stops your opponent from tar targeting uh, your, you know, your planeswalkers and your creatures. If you're like a Stoneblade style deck, Having a guy on the board isn't the worst thing, so I don't, I don't yeah. know where this card fits in exactly, but it, it seems like it could uh, it could fit somewhere. And it's not painful on mana just because it's not double blue. Yeah. Like Jace. I was gonna say the thing that strikes me if like if this does see play, it's competing with all of the other four drops, which are just like really difficult to compete with. But if you wanted to play instead of you know your your mono red chalice deck, this is way easier to cast. Off your yeah, soul like land. A, yeah, that's true. Um, and I think that like having the stacks ability on top of making threats plus looting past your stuff that would otherwise be chafe is like pretty good. So maybe it's reasonable there. Like you play your thing, and then also it, this thing protects those things that are stopping them from doing stuff. Yeah, I think that's that's perfectly legitimate. And I'm sorry that I didn't have it on the page originally. <laughs> So I didn't work. Okay. Ilharg the Razebore. Three red red for legendary creature Boar God. Six six with trample. Whenever Ilharg the Razebore attacks, you may put a creature card from your hand onto the battlefield tapped and attacking. Return that creature to your hand at the beginning of the next end step. When Ilharg the Razebore dies or is put into exile from the battlefield, you may put it into its owner's library third from the top. So uh, I don't think anyone's going to buy into this, but I, I thought about it. Um, you know, show and tell sideboard plans that have in the past included things like Arcane Artisan. Mm -hmm. Arcane Artisan still gets hit by a lot of the things that come in against show and tell, like Pyroblast and Pithy Needle specifically. Yep. Uh, this doesn't get hit by either of those. 
Um, it doesn't get hit by stray lightning bolts that um, have come in or have stayed in for whatever reason. Um, and I don't think three red red is not doable. They have ancient tomb, Lotus petal and blood moon and stuff. And they're making three, three and a red anyway for sneak attack. Um, so I could see this sort of weaseling in finding like a niche in the sideboard uh, of certain sh- of show and tell strategies occasionally. Plus it just wins without you having to have the other part. And if you have the other part, you probably just win. So I think this is a fine mono red sneak attack deck card. Right, there's that too. You know, I mean, this comes down off a off a uh, seething song. Pretty or here's song. your red your red card for red black reanimator. Oh yeah, that's actually another another thing you could do with it. Um, again, castable like dark ritual, lotus petal, lotus petal, or something like yeah. that's pretty. Yeah, I think this card it it seems silly, but I think you'll see some play. I think it's straight up just sneak attack plus sneak attacks activation as its cost. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, this is also one of those things where, like, I could see this in a more of a, a blitz sneak tech where I guess that would just be mono red. But, like, if it's this plus another fatty, like, that's it, that just wins the game by itself. Uh, the only thing is this also folds to a Caracas. True. Uh, in a way where, like, you can play around it with sneak because you can just, you know, activate sneak again. Yeah. Um, but I mean, if you were just looking like if mono red sneak just needed its, you know, copies five through eight, this is a hell of a place to go. Cause like, yeah, a six, six trample incidentally is just going to be good enough against, uh, enough things. And then if you're playing a grindy thing, the fact that this can never go away is also reasonable. Also from a design perspective, I think like this is the first God that I think has its recursion ability. That's not oppressive. You know, the other gods were like, if you kill it, it just immediately goes back to their hand. Where this one, like, all right, it, it like essentially it goes on suspend. Yeah, but interesting. I think like, yeah, one hundred percent. Like this, this is just going to be in a degenerate fatties deck, and it's going to be fine, and <laughs> we're going to see a lot of it. Um, yeah. We, there was something else I was going to say about this that I forgot, but um, oh, uh, through the breach is played at this yes, converted mana exactly. cost. Exactly. So yeah. yeah, there you go. Um, um we, we should we should let Phil uh, if Phil has anything to say about Dreadhorde Invasion. I know we talked about it last week, but he wasn't around for it. Yeah, it's I mean, I do think blossom. it's a, it's it's it is die a bitter blossom. I don't know if the the fact that they don't, I think a lot of the value of bitter blossom is they fly. Uh, I think like if this card showed up, I wouldn't be surprised. But I think it being a one one, and then the next turn it making your one one a two two, and then your two two a three three, like you got to be really into the market for. Like zombie just, creature, type. You're, like you're yeah. you got to be going the distance, like a, like a really really long game because you know you paying two mana and then two turns later have a three three ain't gonna get you there. You know yeah. what I mean? I think this is a budget sideboard option for for people who can't afford Bitter Blossom. It's one of those things where I'm trying to uh, imagine the world where this like what is the situation where you would play this other than Bitter Blossom in terms of like what Bitter Blossom is used for, which is just your value. Uh, sideboard slot or you're like a stickier threat against you know control decks to just like accrue value over a longer game mm-hmm. and this one isn't accruing value unless they actually try and kill your thing but like your thing is just going to get stopped because it's just on the ground against so many things that are bigger than it or faster than it so i i don't know a world where this is going to work if you're not abusing the the zombie aspect in some way yeah, yeah. 
which I agree with. I think it's, right. it's a too slow compared to like Bitter Blossom's already slow, but at least it, it's giving it's netting you a card every turn, where this one is not. Okay, do you want to wait on Massacre Girl? We talked about that one too. I mean, is there a world where anybody would play this at five? If you're playing the fatty deck, you're just playing other fatties, right? Yeah, but it's just a cool effect. Dude, it's I mean, it's super sweet to have this thing that just like, you know, incidentally kills like a whole bunch of things all the time, right? Like Yeah. I mean I guess it's something you could dark ritual against a fair deck, but at that <laughs> okay. point like you're just you're, you're just not in it night. for the coolness of this effect or the legendary creature massacre girl, are you? <laughs> yeah, I mean legendary massacre. I mean the the card is definitely sweet, like for sure. I just don't think it's ever going to see play in an eternal format unless it like enables some kind of really weird shenanigans where it just makes it so every turn it kills everything. Yeah, I wish this was a one-one for uh, for two mana instead. That'd be insane, though. Yeah, yeah, that's a pretty big girl at four-four. Um, She's bigger than the card we're going to talk about now. I just uh, want to point out that uh, Davriel, Rogue Shadow Mage. Yeah, he's his. I, I have nothing really particularly special to say about him. I don't. Uh, we don't need to talk about him. But his artwork is cool in that the way he. You know how all brains, planeswalkers break their frames. Yeah. His breaks the frame by putting like smoke around his name. He's in the shadows, living in the shadows. Yeah, that's kind of cool. I've never seen them do a thing where they block their own name before. Uh, Jaya's doing that with fire. Yeah, yeah. Right next door there, the wanderer is got her garbage. feathers from the, Zoro, <laughs> the wanderer's from garbage. The Zoro planet. Um. <laughs> Okay, I gotta talk about this card. Dreadhorde Arcanist, one in a red. Furry creature, zombie wizard, one, three with trample. Whenever Dreadhorde Arcanist attacks, you may cast target instant or sorcery card with converted mana cost less than or equal to Dreadhorde Arcanist's power from your graveyard without paying its mana cost. If this card we put into your graveyard this turn, exile it instead. Phil and I are gonna have to go on the record here. We're gonna we're gonna play this. He said Argar Bolas, which is also in the set, is better. It is. And I said I think this is better. And I think that they're we're both gonna, two we're mana, gonna, one threes. They're both wizards. They're both wizards. One has trample. Yeah. Augur actually, but, but Augur has uh, the ability of uh, playable on it. I think this card is good. I don't. I don't. Here's a here, my argument for this is that free is always busted, and you know busted is is a relative term. But I, I just like I know you have to like okay you have to untap with this and attack with it. Like, you're going to have a one-mana insert or sorcery in your graveyard in a deck with this in it, you know, because you're going to be building around it. So it's going to be possibly a cantrip, something like Thoughtseize, uh, a Lightning Bolt, or something like that. So the first turn, you, like, you Thoughtseize their removal. The second turn, you play this. The third turn, you attack, and then Thoughtseize them in their attack, in your attack. Or you cast a Lightning Bolt to kill something, then attack, and then the Lightning Bolt casts again, and you kill something else. If they've made a bunch of guys for some reason, I, I don't. I, I can totally see this working. And the question, I think, the question is whether or not the value of recasting one or zero mana instants and sorceries is worth more than uh, like a one-one creature, which is like the young pyromancer payoff. So, can this card cast uh, ancestral visions? I'm glad you asked. Yes, it can. Okay. So that's that's a thing. 
That's oh, so he to, cast all those cards. Yes. That's something to that's something to think about. Um, I I wanted to take a quick aside and say that you know Nate, you have a you have a few mantras uh, that that we've that we've heard in the past. Uh, yeah. The false cure <laughs> test is one of them. Yeah. When yeah. a card looks too weird, uh, you know to just counter it. Um, th- this you just brought up one of them. Uh, free is good. Free is uh, always free is good. always busted. Uh, and then and then the other one is never sleep on a three mana planeswalker. So uh, we know that that's not gonna hold hold after this set. Um, so you free might free might be the next one that you have to worry about, according to Phil. Free free isn't what free, free, free is, is always, always busted. Good. Well, free always is good. usually always busted. The thing with this guy though is, okay, so you're playing you you can target any of those one mana spells. You can target your cantrips, your bolt, or your push. Or if you're playing Ancestral, you can play Ancestral, assuming that you want to be playing your two-mana 1-3 in your Ancestral deck. Uh, <laughs> sure. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to I'm not gonna argue you that. Faithless like, looting you've got to get, it, you've gotta get it there ancestral. somehow. You know? Dude, if you're playing Faithless Looting to put yourself down a card so you can play a 1-3 <laughs> so you can Ancestral to try and recruit the cards that you just put yourself down, I mean... No, here's what you're doing. You're going to Faithless... You're going to go Volcanic Island, Faithless Looting, drop uh, uh, Anger... And uh, ancestral vision. Next turn, Wait. play a land. This thing has haste. Attack. Cast ancestral vision. Dude, as somebody who like as we chatted, where you were like, "Yeah, dude, I think Arc Light is gonna be good," and then you were like, <laughs> "Look at all these these things," where you're like, "Yeah, this deck is fucking sweet," but the cards that are around it are garbage. And then you're like, "All right, I guess that this isn't very good." And then people are like, "Actually, let's just put Arc Light surrounded by good cards, and then the deck is good." Yeah. I think that's what the, I think that's what's happening. No, I think that's what's going to happen here too. The thing is, like, Young Pyromancer has the same problem. Where you have to untap with it to get value, except for a couple a couple things. One is if you have a free spell, which you don't have as many of now, thanks to Gataxian Pro being banned. Um, the other is if they try and remove it and you counter it. But there's no law that says you can't counter something that tries to remove this, so that you can then on the next turn like attack with it and cast something else and the question is whether the value of getting to cast one of the very powerful one mana spells that is in these kinds of decks again is 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 more valuable than getting one ones and i don't know what the answer to that is going to be you have to attack and that means that you're this is all under your assumption that this dude is either going to survive the attack or whatever it flashes back is going to be worth it going down a card and just dying to a block well, it doesn't have to survive the attack. It just has to turn sideways. No, but that's what I mean. If it gets blocked and dies, you went down a resource again. Sure. Right. But 1-3 only does it only die. It dies to certain things. It gets blocked by literally everything. It gets blocked by literally everything. Not by Thalia. This thing kills a Thalia. This thing goes right through a Thalia. Because... Yeah, but then Thalia makes it so your your thing that you're kind of flash back. <laughs> I, knew, well, okay. I knew that I was, was saying, like, I was saying going. like Stoneforge Mystic, it just balances off. You know, it gets blocked by Baleful Strix, but you can target the Baleful Strix with the one mana spell you cast on attack. If it's you know, you can cast a, a lightning bolt, a fork bolt, a fatal push, and you're getting the value that you lost when they cast Baleful Strix. The cards to worry about are you know the obvious ones: Gurmag Angler, um, uh, True Name Nemesis. You know things like that, but you know there's no. If you're, yeah, but if you're casting to, if you're getting to cast your spells all the time, is how off how your opponent should be on the back foot. Like you're, you're, you're gonna, playing a sorcery speed two drop. Yeah. So what? 
So it was okay. Dark okay. Comic. What about the what, what are the worlds where you just go okay, uh, play this on two, and don't have a thing in your yard, or play this on two and they just bolt it, right? Like, is there I mean, any dark if they bolt it, you're you're according to your logic that you're probably in a good spot. You're talking about me. I'm Phil. I'm saying according to Phil's logic, if they bolt this, you're in a good spot because he doesn't like the card. So you just <laughs> traded a resource for for a lightning bolt. Well, I'm thinking like you're, the the opportunity cost of playing this versus any other sorcery speed two drop. It's like, okay, if we're if we're in the deck that wants to be playing another Thoughtseize or a Bolt or whatever, like why aren't we playing Confidant? Or if we're playing this, like if we want to play that deck, why aren't we playing Baleful Strix and just getting the value and holding the board down? You know. I think the 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 weird place where this is going to shine when we're like looking at it like a couple months from now is is like uh, bloodlust effects uh, yeah. that are like one mana. And then someone's just like, cool, uh, you know, pump this guy up a whole bunch, swing in, and uh, whoops, Berserk. Yeah, I think if you're playing this card, you're not playing it to, to like, incidentally gain value. I think you got to play it hoping that if it turns sideways, they're dead. That's an interesting point, and that was actually something that I also wanted to talk about. Like, there's also that if you pump this guy up past one, you can cast more cards. Yeah. So uh, there's that. There's that as well. I, um... I don't. I think the one three. If it was, what, does that have to be one four to be good? Is that the deal? Like, I don't know. In in my mind, if 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 you wanted to play the combo deck, I would be like, okay, what is the insane busted instant and sorcery that if you cast it for free, that is less than that that's that that CMC five or less, right? Because if you wanted to play your faithless looting, okay, I'm gonna faithless looting. Pitching the card I really want to flash back. And then I'm going to... What's the free infect pump spell? Uh, invigorate. Okay, so then I'm going to invigorate and then attack with this guy and then flash back my five drop. Actually, you can invigorate, uh, by the way, invigorate, you can invigorate again, actually. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Well, yeah, you can double pump him and like just get in there. Yeah. But like, let's say you dumped your, your insane five drop and then pumped him, right? Like... That that's I where I think I this is that. actually more valuable. Think, where you're just like, okay, play this thing, play a free spell, get another free spell, end the game immediately. I was thinking something along the lines of play this guy on two, cast bloodlust on it, right? Attack, recast the bloodlust, and then berserk. Uh, yeah, actually, you can invigorate berserk, berserk. So if you invigorate this guy, then cast berserk that goes up to ten. And then you cast the Berserk again from your graveyard, that's 20, and then you just bolt them. That's what yeah, I mean. Like, saying, is, your is opponent is just, like, incidentally good enough to be, like, your your Infect deck that doesn't have to play Infectors? Right. And I think that's that's going to be—I think that's a place that people will try. To me, there's—the Arclight Phoenix question was, like, you know, how, how much of a payoff is this? And, I, I you know, when we were like, well, what—you know, if you get a bunch of these in play, is it good? And— you know, I would say it's mixed. I think this, but like, boy, I just, I just keep looking at this thing. I'm like, it's a one three, so it can attack into more stuff than you think. And it can, um, you know, you can kill anything in its way or you get to thought seize them again. I just feel like that's, that's good value. And I wonder if there's a way to, like, there's, there's incidental ways to grow its power or something like that down the road. Expect yeah, to I, see this played I, I, with Arclight Phoenix in modern and uh, standard. I bet though. Exactly. I'm like reading this card, and I just, I just think if you're trying to play like incremental fair value with it, you're, you're, you're just gonna run into situations where it's way worse 
than normal, as opposed to building around it and being like, okay, if I untap with this thing, they die. I think he's more of a build around combo deck than he is an, in, an incremental fair card. Uh, actually, I'm also, there's actually a standard combo deck I'm working on with it, but yeah, um, that's 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 possibly fair. We'll see. I I, I want to see what comes out around it. I want to get a chance to kind of like sink my teeth into it a little bit because, boy, just like you get a free card, you get a free card from your graveyard if, that was good enough to cast the first time. If you and I both set our minds to just making the best like grindy fair deck possible, in terms of Augur of Bolas versus Arcanist, there's zero doubt in my mind that Augur of Bolas is just going to be better in that kind of shell. But if you're talking about like, okay, I'm going to play my duress to clear the way before I kill you, then I'm interested in this card. Yep. Okay. Especially because he's got trample. So like if they, if they want to block with their Strix after you've like comboed out and made him a 20-20, like whatever. Yeah, right. Exactly. Um, okay. Well, we'll see. Um, I'm going to mention this card quickly uh, for Zach. Awakening of Vito. Awakening of Vitagazi, <laughs> three, three green green instant. Put nine plus one plus one counters on target land you control. It becomes a legendary zero zero elemental creature with haste named Vitugazi, and it's still a land. Zach, is there a land that you that if you put nine plus one plus one <laughs> counters on it and it's attacked, you might win? I suppose. I suppose. Um, Mishra's factory. No, uh, Inkmoth Nexus obviously right, would right. be would be so interesting then, to use this with. <laughs> right it's an instant right so there's that's pretty cool um yeah i don't think that's ever gonna happen but i saw it and i was like whoa slow down satan like <laughs> you don't need that <laughs> yeah all right uh lux channeler oh wait that is hold on one ooh. before that single combat you like yeah, that one i think okay. single combat could see play so single combat is uh three and two white it's a sorcery and each player chooses a creature or planeswalker they control and sacrifice the rest. Players can't cast creatures or planeswalker spells until the end of your next turn. So I think that this could be an interesting board wipe for a miracle style or stoneblade style deck that isn't like uh you know, that like wants wants to get rid of all the creatures and then like bounce the last one with Jace or something like that. The other person just picks true name, so Oh, <laughs> Want, want. <laughs> right. No, I don't know. I mean, possibly. Um, I think it's going to be tough to like oust Cataclysm from that spot. Sure. I mean, I, I, I agree. The only difference is that you do not get to keep uh, Planeswalker with Cataclysm. Yeah. Right. With Terminus, they don't get to have any creatures in play, and you get to keep Planeswalker, though. Also true. Yeah. Just a, just a, just a thought to go out there. I don't think that this is uh, going to be a giant role player. I think it's just an option. It is definitely an option and something that one could see happening. I think, you know, white snoppy deck might want it for some reason. Yeah. Uh, Flux Channeler, two and a blue for a creature human wizard. It's a two-two. Whenever you cast a non-creature spell, proliferate. I mean, this just has blue uh, monastery mentor. <laughs> well, it doesn't give you counters, no. No. but like, or it doesn't give you tokens. But boy, that that seems like a, it's got. One of an infect? Walking ballista? Yeah. I don't know. Like, yeah, it's 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 one of those things where it has all of the the classic things you look for and just like a busted combo piece. It has the word whenever in it. 
And then yeah. that whenever is attached to busted ability. And then it's just like, okay, well, how do we exploit that? This card will probably show up. Like if it shows up, it's because people were able to find how it was broken. This is not going to be like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, let's play this for value. And I used to have this Ion Storm proliferate deck in Modern that I loved until people figure out how to play Modern, like real decks. <laughs> and I used to love proliferate, like get all the, those those vivid lands with the charge counters on them and then just control the board with Ion Storm and proliferate. Yeah, that was so good. Proliferate is underrated because I don't I don't know how many Boy, this thing in like a blue artifacts deck with Arcbound Ravager oh, and gosh. And walking ballista. Yeah, like a hardened scale sort of effect, right? Yeah, jeez. Yep, yep, yep. That's what I see. Eternal Taskmaster, one in a black for a creature zombie, two, three. Eternal Taskmaster enters the battlefield tapped. Whenever it attacks, you may pay two in a black. If you do, return target creature card from your graveyard to your hand. I guess we don't like this because uh, you have to attack with it. So I don't like it because it's so mana intensive. It's a lot of mana. Yeah. I guess Genesis already exists. You can just do that from your graveyard. Okay, forget it. You want to play five uh, mana if your Ray's dead? All right, dude. Well, you know, you can bring back a beautiful Strix. Uh, Krenko? Are we interested in that? I mean, I think Krenko's, like, arguably better than Warboss. No, it's not. Okay. Wait. No, no, no. I'm sorry. I misread this. Okay, Krenko, 10th Street Kingpin. Two and a, two and a red. Legendary Creature Goblin. He's a 1-2. Whenever Krenko Tin Street Kingpin attacks, put a plus one plus one counter on it. Then create a number of one one red goblin creature tokens equal to Krenko's power. So I'd actually I actually did not read this card correctly. I thought you just made one one one. So two and a red, when you unlike Rabble Master and Mentor Rabble Master, this doesn't give you the creature that turn. However, the next turn you're attacking with a two three instead of a two two, and you have two and you have two creatures. Mm-hmm. And the so, bigger you can make this thing, the more, faster, the more right? goblins like, you can get. So if you can pump him, you know, you can get a lot more goblins that way. Next turn you get three, right? They're not attacking because they don't have haste. This this will this will be this will be in that red deck, right? With all those rabble masters. Yeah, and and I think rabble master gives goblins haste, right? Rabble master gives the token it makes haste. And also, they, it wouldn't matter if they had haste. They, they're put into play after attacks. After attacks, yeah. So it didn't matter. But either way, I mean, that, that, it'll get out of control fast. Krenko makes goblins fast. That's what I he does. I think it's one of those things, too, where, like, you play this guy in the same world that you were playing the other ones. I mean, the, I guess the only downside is he's legendary. Yeah. But right, like, I don't know. If you, uh, were yeah. to, if you were to mix it up, like, he, he just pumps tokens out way faster. And then doesn't force them into like an unfavorable attack if like they just have a blocker on the table and you just lose your token. It makes two, then it makes three, then it makes you know, assuming it lives through all these attacks. So, um, which might which may you know be awkward. Like you wouldn't have a good attack with this necessarily, but I don't know. Uh, it's got that cascading effect you could just put a bunch of plus one plus one counters on it or something <laughs> it snowballs really hard and like war boss in order to make your goblins you know bigger than one ones is uh, making you is wanting you to attack with your two two where this is just always going to be attacking as a two three and so like you know it can just get out of killable range you gotta look up the name of this card 
It's Legion War Boss. <laughs> Legion War Boss, yeah. not Goblin. Uh, big, uh, I I like okay. to play it in uh on Arena in Standard as my uh, sideboard card in Blue White Red. Just side that in against other control decks. Okay, sorry, Phil. I thought you were talking about Goblin War Chief. <laughs> I was oh, so no. confused. I didn't know what was yeah. going on. But yes, Legion War Boss. Okay, my bad. Yep. Okay. Uh, we talked about Tomic Distinguished Advocate a little bit, uh, Phil. I just basically I don't really have an opinion on this card because it's just a lot of text. I just I'm tired of two mana white legend with weirdo text. As a yeah, design super thing. weirdo text in double white. That's just a great hoser for turbo depths, and it's 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 it is it's being a thing. Boo uh, this card. Boo this card. I just don't. I just don't. <laughs> I don't know. Who knows if it's gonna be good? It just it just so. I'm just I'm tired of this design space. You know. Yeah. Liliana's I mean, trying two three flyer. Like these numbers are definitely like specifically trying to hate something. Like, all right, against lands, like they they can't. P fire it and then like well no they said in the when they released it that they they put up the article that announced it was they wanted a white white two three flyer because of all the planeswalkers in the set and then they wanted to like give it some other ability and then death right shaman was legal at the time and they were like well let's hose death right shaman with this card and then they just banned death right shaman anyway so yeah uh, i i wonder what it's like to be in the the deline philosophy design philosophy space of hey here's this card that's like really good so if you don't want to do the good thing maybe we should print the card that's the not good thing and then people will play the not good thing to then try to beat the good thing and then ultimately just lose to the good thing it is funny because what we're saying about death right shaman is like yeah this stops one part of death right shaman but there are four there are three abilities on death right shaman so it doesn't even stop any, any of the other abilities I think arguably the ramp was the worst part of Death Right, though. Sure. Not that we have to relitigate that. So, I mean, that was the thing that people were worried about. But anyway. I think there's um, more like interesting is just like a, a nice way to to hit Thespian stage. And then. Well, the thing is, you could play your own Thespian stage in Dark Depths combo just fine because it's it's only your opponents. Right, right. But like the white, white is definitely, you know forcing you to just play a whole a, an entirely different style of deck you know that also incidentally wins with the combo in it you know i mean the the thespian stage dark depths thing is just a combo with you know what do you what would you like to surround it with you know do you want to play a, a a grindy control deck like lands or do you want to play turbo depths which is just faster combo right or do you want to play like mid-range turbo depths or whatever you know yeah maverick can play it four color one can play it yeah like i mean in my mind this is just like yeah you guys were you you went what weathered wayfarer with this dude weathered wayfarer neither reliquary yeah. yeah and then like that deck is already that that deck just gets to also play dark depths like yeah i mean i mean i think the world i think we all want more 2020 indestructible <laughs> guys in the format that's really what we want right good segue liliana's triumph <laughs> <laughs> We talked about it, but I'm assuming you're into uh, this replacement Diabolic Edict. Yeah, I was curious if this is actually just better because it probably is. Uh, I'm trying to think of, like, I guess it's good specifically if you're, like, in a true name matchup, but it's not good necessarily with... It's it's functionally the same thing as Edict in the other matchups. I'm not sure. I will say this. I played against... I was playing blue-black standstill last night. And I played against Show and Tell, and my opponent did have Leyline of Sanctity in their deck, and I did draw my Diabolic Edict. <laughs> so never lucky. Never. Well, the <laughs> point is just like, you know, this does get around Leyline, so 
that's a, that's the you know ley line officially no longer protects against sacrifice effects i guess uh evolution sage two and a green creature elf druid it's a three two whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control proliferate same deal as this uh other one i think just like some sort of way to bustedly proliferate stuff you guys don't yep. think the landfall version matters i much. am just like what are you gonna do cast like uh planar planar birth there's got to be something. I don't know. Whenever a land like landfall is a good, a good yeah. thing. I mean, the word whenever is there, right? Yeah. yeah. I just don't understand why they're willing to put affinity on the new Tezzeret, but not just put landfall on this guy. Probably because they ran out of space in the new Tezzeret. Like, I will just say affinity. You know, they can do whatever they want, which is weird. You ever think about that? Like, they can do whatever they want. There's no reason they can't put landfall on this card. Like, no one's going to, no one's going to like freak out. But, you know, they choose not to. It's it's two landfall cards that don't have landfall in the past couple of years, you know, with the tireless tracker. Yeah. I mean, it, in, in game design... Just make, it, just make it a good... Just make it a uh, whatever, a regular effect. What yeah. are they called? Uh, it, a evergreen effect. Evergreen. <laughs> so in game design, you know, that I work in, uh, when when you have a word that can take a bunch of rules and make it a thought instead of a bunch of words, it's always better. Always better. Um, okay. I don't see anything on this line. Um, here's some more triumphs. Uh, let's see. You guys are into Gideon? Um, yeah, that's neat. Uh, being able to make your opponent sack two creatures instead of instead of one is interesting. But how often are you being attacked with two creatures in this format? Normally, if you need your opponent to sacrifice a creature, it's because he has uh, two of them attacking you, uh, or one of them care- attacking you. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, return target creature or planeswalker or both from your graveyard right to your hand. That's aid the fallen. You know, I don't. I don't think so. Uh, Chandra's Triumph, no. Nissa's Triumph, this is the one we were going to talk about. Green, green for a sorcery. Search your library for up to two basic forest cards. If you control a Nissa Planeswalker, instead search your library for up to three land cards. Reveal those cards, put them into your hand, then shuffle your library. That's a lot. It's a lot. I think the issue with this card is... I mean, first of all, there are a number number of playable, like, cheapish Nissas. Nissas. Sounds like a cracker. Um, like uh, like the Nissa Steward of Elements is three mana theoretically. Um, Nissa Vital, not Vital Force. Uh, the Soul, the one that makes the plants. Voice of Zendikar. Voice is that of it? Zendikar, yeah, yeah. And um, the uh, creature Nissa that flips is also two and a green. That's a that's a, that's a nice mana cost. I think the problem with this card is you need basic force. <laughs> yeah, that's mana. the problem. Like you're gonna want to play with basic force so that you can use this without Nissa. And I don't and I don't think that there's any like you, search your library for three land card just puts like various combinations of lands that win the game into your hand. Mm-hmm. But like if you've got a planeswalker in play you know you could probably you know i don't know if you need it you yeah know. i feel like your plan's completely different right yeah. like if you're playing nissa then you don't want to put dark depths into play necessarily 
You know, it's not that's not what you're trying to do in a land with with in a land in a deck with basic force and and a Nissa Planeswalker. It's just like a weird, you know, it's a lot of weird stuff going on. I was thinking when we were talking about this card that the world that this is in is like you're probably in some form of loam deck, right? Because if you're trying to do anything with land, you're doing it with loam unless you're turbo depths. Yeah. And I mean, obviously, I think the problem with this card is also it's green, green. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but then I was like, I, I looked up after I saw this card, I was like, is there any other thing that like lets you tutor for all of these lands all at once? And there's just a card that does it better than this card, and it's Realms Uncharted. Which has Nissa on it. Is that Nissa on that card? Yeah, it's from Zendikar, or, uh, Rise of the Eldrazi. Oh, is Realms, that what that is? Oh, I Realms Uncharted is, is the gifts I'm given for just lands. It's two and a green, and it lets you tutor four lands of different names, and then the same thing as gifts and it's like if you're in a loam deck like that card is just doing that better and you don't even need to do any of that because crop rotation exists so it's yeah. like i don't think like this card is just like oh wait a minute if i also have a planeswalker then this gets better and i'm like well if you have a planeswalker things are probably going pretty well for you already yeah, things are going pretty well for yeah. you. yeah uh actually you know what i did uptick nissa steward of elements several times in a game i lost the other day so you know your mileage may vary but yes um Okay. Bane Hound. One black creature. Nightmare Hound. One one. Lifelink Haste. Uh, this thing activates Spectacle. That's the only thing I wanted to mention. Sweet. <laughs> I was like, Something. I don't understand what this Sweet. is. Sweet. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, okay. Uh, Kazmina's Transmutation. One in a blue. Enchantment Aura. Enchant Creature. Enchanted Creature loses all abilities and has power and base power and toughness. One, one. So I can never remember uh, if a card like this will work uh, against Show and Tell. It won't. I don't, it won't. Okay. Right? So this card's garbage. So it's, it does <laughs> turn their Emrakul into a 1-1 one, one with no abilities, mm -hmm. but it's also a sorcery speed thing, which means that you're dead. No, no, no. They cast show and tell. You put this enchantment into play, and then uh, it goes on to um, Emrakul. Does that work? Well, this... Oh, oh, oh. You're assuming that they just are going to put their Emrakul into play. They have cast show <laughs> and tell, and you're playing, and you're playing this. Oh, oh. I, I think see. it goes to the graveyard. I, I, I would be... I would be assuming that what always happens is they play show and tell and put omniscience into play. Yeah, I mean that will happen as well. I used to play Gilded Drake for the for basically this effect, uh, except for I won the game if if my opponent put everyone into play. <laughs> That's right. Oh man, um, so you, if you want to do that, you can do that now. Yeah. You know what my problem? You know what I, my problem with this is? I always get the various Emrakuls mixed up, and I thought that Emrakul the Aeon's Torn had protection from instance, which is the other Emrakul, but it has protection from colored spells, so it doesn't you can't even like they can't even you can't even do it on your turn. Never mind. Um I don't know if there's like a mono blue deck that needs some sort of neutering possibility like this. Um but it still gets hit by all the same spell it's pierce like, type yeah, stuff. It's still gonna it's still gonna like let your opponent draw seven if uh, you know, you get this up against a Grizzle Brand or whatever. Like all of this stuff is, it's just we can be we can be it. happy it exists, knowing that it'll still never see play. Correct. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm as I'm as sorry about that. I was mistaken about certain Emrakuls. Uh, and now I think we're into the 
um, not happening section. Yeah, yeah. I think we can go down to the uh, uh, promo type stuff here. Multicolor. Yeah. Yeah, the multicolor stuff. There we go. And go down uh, to Nicol Bolas, Dragon God. Yeah. Blue, black, 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 red. Legendary Planeswalker Bolas. He's for loyalty. Nicol Bolas, Dragon God, has all loyalty abilities of all other Planeswalkers on the battlefield. Plus one, you draw a card. Each opponent exiles a card from their hand or a permanent they control. Minus three, destroy target creature or Planeswalker. Minus eight, each opponent who doesn't control a legendary creature or planeswalker loses the game. I'm just I... laughing at the idea of destroying a planeswalker and then like cutting this thing's abilities in half. I think it's like yeah. really fun well, that, that sucks. Yeah. This thing just has abilities that are better than pretty much every walker. <laughs> right? But it has the abilities of all the other walkers. It's also fun that like it's just in a C zero play, not because its casting cost is just impossible, but also because it gets to get hit by both red blast and blue blast. Yeah, that's rough, right? Here's, that's here's sweet. my thing: is if you get this onto the board, you are positioned to win the game for sure, right? If you get this onto the board, I wonder if your opponent, like, if you had a five mana, like, what is the five mana card that you're playing where this like sticks on the board and then is relevant, where any other thing would have been better? Here's what I want to do with this thing. Five mana? Five colored mana? Here's what I want to do. Turn one, Swamp Duress. Wow. Turn two, <laughs> Swamp, Dark Ritual, Island, Lotus Petal. <laughs> oh, like, get there. Oh, he got Dude, it. Yeah, if, if, it if, if, here's back. the thing, man. If you went Duress and then your opponent's like, ah, shit, and you take their force and now they're now they're just F6'd, and then you uh, and then you follow up that with, okay, <laughs> second land, Dark Rit, Petal, they're like, ah, oh, goddammit, am I dead? And then you go, all right, cast Nicol Bolas, Dragon God, and they're like, oh my god, I'm in it. I am <laughs> I, live. Really. I can do this. You're going to draw a card, and then they have to exile a card from their hand or a permanent they control, and then you just keep right, doing it. Ex ex exile the card that wasn't doing anything against your deck anyway. Untap. <laughs> uh, play my own thing that is just better than whatever you're doing. No, the reason I mentioned that was just because um, the idea of like a storm alt win that doesn't require you to get to 10 storm right it's like maybe there's a reason you know you you would you would want to accelerate this out using dark ritual you want to know what land. in eight which doesn't require that you you can you can play a card that suspend for win the game for one dark ritual and it's a lily last hope that already exists that is true that is true um you could even go duress land duress you pedal dark ritual play lily last hope and that is suspend for win the game on it Right, I think it's more vulnerable in this card, but I guess it's not vulnerable to the red yeah. and blue blast. Though, yeah, the, point. I was gonna say it, it can <laughs> sure. definitely be hit by one mana spells pretty easily. Nickel Bolas Dragon God is sweet as fuck. It's gonna see zero play. Yeah. It's it's a very cool card. Do we do we want to do Des Tezzeret? Um, I mean, Affinity showing up on a card is cool again, but it's not gonna do anything because it costs six mana. Yeah, that's that's the problem with this Tezzeret six well, mana. Let's let's keep in mind that. Uh, there are decks that play uh, Arena Rector. Um, I'm not saying that this is a, a card that you would get with Arena Rector. Dude, why would but... you get this card no, with no, your Arena Rector when you can get Nicol saying... Bolas Dragon God? I mean, right. very true. <laughs> or the um, other, any other Nicol Bolas. Yeah, yeah. That's I, the I think I think you go for a better Nicol Bolas, of course. But I'm just saying, as far as casting costs on Planeswalkers is concerned, we do have a reliable way to cheat them out. Uh, so we shouldn't uh, only consider their casting costs. 
Dude, uh, I think this Domri is the rug card you've been wanting forever. Oh, I know, I know. Okay, Domri, <laughs> on Arc of Bolas, one red, green, legendary planeswalker, Domri, three loyalty. Creatures you control get plus one, plus oh, plus one. Add red or green. Creature spells you cast this turn can't be countered. Minus two, target creature you control fights target creature you don't control. Okay, just be clear. Plus one gives you mana, and that you don't have to spend it on a creature. But if you do spend it on creatures, they can't be counted. No, no, also, it, 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 it doesn't have anything to do with you spending it on creatures. That's two right, different exactly. clauses. Right, exactly. You can spend that's this on a bolt cool. and then cast a Nimble Mongoose uh, with, with your own green mana, and it can't be counted. I like the Anthem on this, to be honest. Like, dude, the anthem, like the anthem is sweet. Like, dude, this thing is, this is a, this is an elf, an anthem, and removal in your three mana, can't be pyroblasted card. Can we, can we talk about? Oh God, there's a lot. This is the card. There's a lot wrong with this card. Um, but okay, let me let me start let me start on the positives here. Right, it's also one. It's not truly nemesis, so that's that's a negative, right? Um. This is uh this is cool for a couple reasons. I'll, I'm gonna start with the the good stuff first. One, it makes your Tarmogoyf bigger than your opponent's Tarmogoyf. Uh, the the drop off of that is no one's playing Tarmogoyf anymore. Um, it lets your Phil, Tarmogoyf you have a green planeswalker. Let your Tarmogoyf <laughs> fight other Tarmogoyfs and win. Um, also cool. Um, the the creature spells you cast can't be counted this turn is interesting in a world where. Um, you know, your opponents may be playing stuff like, uh, uh, Chalice or, um, what's it called? Uh, uh, Counterbalance. Uh, so that's, that's interesting at least, um, because sometimes you, this is a three mana guy that will allow you to start playing your one drops from your hand that turn. Um, so that's, that's cool. Um, the Anthem effect is, is actually pretty good. Especially if you can play that on turn three and you're still working on getting your mongooses big, but your opponent doesn't have anything to block with. Yep, and you can cast two mana spells with your Dreadhorde Arcanist. Go on. Um, and and yeah, also, uh, <laughs> yeah, well, that's probably the biggest plus. Um, it's going to be sweet that this card is an Anthem removal and a mana dork, and we'll see zero play. Yeah, I think it's I, so well, unfortunate. I'm going to play it. And <laughs> by the way, it does let you two spell the turn you can't you cast it. This is true. Like you get to you can faithful shooting directly or play a mongoose, right you know. Or, yeah, or play I, I, something. I don't hate this, and I think it's a step in the right direction for 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 this color combination. Because uh, I'm just sick of seeing like make a two two as it's like plus one, <laughs> or like look at the top card of your deck if it's a creature, uh, you get it, or otherwise you get the middle finger. Like I I appreciate <laughs> right, what so this right. card what this card does. Um, unfortunately, it's the here's the problem. The not thing that's nemesis. not doing well, also, but the thing that's not doing is is gaining you any card advantage at all. Like you have uh, to no, have a dude in play to, to negative to negative one. Yeah, it it can kill a dude, and then it also blanks their counter magic. Sweet. I, I, I'm not. I'm not. Virtual you know, like advantage. I'm not crapping on this completely, but I think that the. Biggest problem is that I am not getting ahead in cards with this, uh, unless I mean, my opponent is playing with creatures. Or what, what's that? I'll just go on record and say it's not going to see any play. But yeah, once yeah. again, it is sweet. Yeah, I mean, I like I said, it, it's it, unless your opponent's playing creatures that you can fight great, or if they're playing uh, 
like counter counter situations. This isn't bad. So I, I could see me throwing this into the sideboard of of rug. Uh, if Ooh. I if I have to go up against a chalice deck, I might throw it in. Play this in your four color Baleful Strix deck, and then you can have your Baleful Strixes fight stuff. Well, Narna Renegade is on color. So, yeah. And you get yeah. cast an uncounterable Narna Renegade. Look, I, I don't know. I don't know if this is good. It's it's like you said, like, oh, it's it's so much closer to good than the than other stuff. And that makes it feel better. I, I an anthem an anthem like this is underrated. Yeah. An anthem with other abilities, like that's underrated. When I when I was testing Judith, and you know, I've only kind of stopped just because I was, you know, trying other stuff, the anthem was really relevant. Yeah. Like, like an anthem that does other things is good. Like, I think if just... this card would have existed when uh when uh Tarmogoyf was seeing play, you know, like if this came out instead of the Domri raid in uh what's it called uh the one thing about this though is like the reason why it's not going to see any play is that it only adds red or green and if it added you, you need it you need it to add blue yeah well the the noble hierarchy played on turn one. Oh yeah obviously of course yeah i forgot about that um but yeah and then i don't know man i i i i, I see it being sneaky i don't know i don't know what the story is it's too bad that domery has joined the bad guys apparently hey man but, I mean, it's fine. He's just gonna get dazed a bunch. Also, also that. Yeah. Um. No, man. Like, are you kidding me? The bad guys? No. Nickel Balls is the good guy. You're you're reading this whole thing incorrectly. Well, whatever. <laughs> you're gonna, we're gonna get to the end, and they're gonna be like, "Oh, flip the script. Turns out Nickel Bolas saved the world, guys. All the yeah, other right. planeswalkers were the bad guys. Well, it Jason seems was like the bad guy the whole time. Yeah. Uh, Ral. Rao. I think he's I think he's sweet that he's a grape shot on a stick and oh so there was an well, interesting are you, are you, are you, is he worth talking about I think it might be worth talking about I was talking about how this guy is like uh, is, he he does combo if you have any copy effect after you've made a copy with his ability let's because you put infinite copies on the stack because you just keep copying the copy spell and then he is a grape shot on a stick so every time you copy you just grape shot them the real question I'm going to be curious about is so Ral's the he's, he's two blue and a red uh, he has a static ability of whenever you cast a, or copy a spell, you grape shot a player or a planeswalker, and then he has yeah. plus two, scry one, and then his minus two is the next spell you cast this turn, you copy it, and he's got four loyalty. So if you make, if you have him, you minus him, so the next spell that you copy, if you play a spell and then a copy spell, uh, you can copy the copied and then go infinite on copies and then his static ability just kills people i don't think that's the way it works phil i think that uh like you're saying like if if i were to copy a grape shot no no no. i'm saying like if you have if uh, if okay, you copy, I see. yeah because because his thing triggers on copies so if i were to can, fork something let's play a spell and then fork that and i could keep forking it infinitely i see what you're yeah saying. so if you fork but the, you can't if, you can't cast fork it won't be your next sorcery after you minus two this, though. There are spells that say the next spell that you cast is, is copied, so that, that's how you do it, right? So you have, to, you have to have two copy effects. So you copy a copy effect and you go infinite on copies. Okay. Because then your copy effects can just keep copying each other infinitely, and then each time it copies, it's gonna, his He's static damage. Yeah, there we go. Power. I see what you're saying. So that's like obviously like not good. I was saying for modern it might be cute because you have merchant scroll, so you can just merchant scroll for your expansion or your twin cast or whatever, and then maybe that's fine. We have um, merchant scroll. Merchant scroll is modern, yeah. 
But I'm saying Legacy has Merchant Scroll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're <laughs> not going to be playing your this four mana thing when you could just play regular Storm. The right, thing that okay. I'm curious about though is if this is. So th there, there was an interesting uh, uh, thing that came up that apparently we won't know until uh, they give us rule notes with the set, which is this is the first card that has cared about specifically when you copy a card. So in Storm, does does let's say I cast, this is on the battlefield and I cast Grape Shot, right? Mm -hmm. Let's say it's Storm 6. All right, will this ping somebody six times? Yeah, oh, but only think, yeah. Once. six copies. You copy well, the no, spell. Does, Hold on. Is Storm one instance of copying, or is it six instances of copying? Those are six Replicate, instances, by the currently. Pendrels of Agony. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no. So the, when you, you cast the spell, copy it for each spell cast before this turn. Yeah. Right, so is that one instance of copying? So it's six copies put on the stack, but it's one instance of copy that this static ability will read? No, you or copy it for each time. Instance? That's yeah. I suppose we'll find. I think you might be right. We have to wait and to so, wait and see. Um, uh, supposedly this is the first card that cares specifically about copying, which is why this is question has never come up with Storm before. So they're gonna give us in the rule notes with the set when it's released how Storm actually works with that. And I think they're just gonna rule in that it doesn't do the busted thing. Probably. But I was gonna <laughs> say if you played this Fine. with Grape Shock, you that's what you get to call the card. You if you if you are playing Grape, Grape Shock, Shock. this card is Grape Shock, and that's. That's that's really what we're looking to do. Is is good puns. <laughs> that the oh, end I'm, of the I'm actually I'm actually this is that's really interesting. Plus two scry one. So like you can like look for stuff with it, and then you're gonna get incidental damage every time you can so it comes down and goes to six, and then you scry one. And then your opponent has to, you know, they probably have to kill this. Because well, here's the thing: you, if you like, if your deck is this, built, they're dead. You untap with this, they're dead. Right? Okay. Now the thing is, is that usually when you're playing Storm, you just never have to get to that point because you can kill them before that happens. But it's, hey, it's I like mean, a like, non, it's like a non-tongue-in-cheek Nicole Bolas, like I was saying. You know, it's, it's like, like a, actually it, one of those cards where good. it it gets hit by both Power Blast and Red Blast, but it is one of those things too where like. If you were to just like I don't know, quick right of flame this guy out or something, and then all of his abilities are somewhat relevant, but then if the game goes long, you're incidentally going to dome them for a bunch of damage, and then also if you're playing grape shot to like you know deal with creatures or whatever, you can also just if it works the way we think it works, then it's just going to be like all right, dude, storm five kill you. Yeah, that's exactly the question. Like if it works the way we think it works, that I think there's there's some uh, there's definitely like a, a place for this. Yeah, and like I mean, it's a, again like you boarded in for some reason, right? You could do that. I'm looking at um, I'm just looking at every card with replicate too, because that would be the other thing that triggers it. Um, so interesting. Ooh, you could yeah. make a bunch of uh, mountains into three one creatures with siege of towers. Wow. Um, and then domo for every time every mountain you made into a thing. All right, this is currently the most expensive card uh, uh, at retail in the set. Teferi Time Raveler. One white blue. Legendary Planeswalker Teferi. Four loyalty. Each opponent can cast spells only anytime they could cast a sorcery. That's Plus already one. busted. Plus one. Until your next turn, you may cast sorcery spells as though they had flash. Minus three. Return up to one artifact creature or enchantment to its owner's hand and draw a card. Um, okay, so your, your view, Phil, is that 
making like making the whole game sorcery speed for your opponent is already broken. I think this is the card that makes it like it's one of those cards where okay, well if you play it that's very good for you in the like the decks that would want to like obviously like this is like great for miracles, right? You want you're interested in this card for miracles already. But it's one of those things where you're either playing a red blast version, right? So you can beat this guy. Yeah. Or you're playing this guy. There's not going to be a world where you can't play this dude because if your opponent plays it against you, right? Like let's say we're playing a mirror, right? Yeah. If I play a Teferi, you can no longer win the game. And like I think Mentor in a vacuum is like the more powerful card. But if you play mentor, you can't play mentor on three, really. And I can also like sweep it up where it's like this thing just straight up blanks counter magic. It says you can't play counter magic. You can't brainstorm in response to your counterbalance. You can't you can't do anything. His static ability alone says you can't do anything. Right. In, in the miracles magic. mirror. It's and good for miracles and against miracles. Yeah. It's also one of those things where his other abilities are just relevant because even if you, you play, even if he comes down, his static ability is already going to be bonkers. And then he can also protect himself and draw a card. He can protect himself and stay at card parity while blanking their ability to play at instant speed, right? Like, let's say you cast this guy. If they wanted to do anything with their mana that turn, they have to do it while he's on the stack. It, it's worth it to note that this also stops your opponent from doing things like Cracking Lion's Eye Diamond, holding priority, and then casting uh, uh, what's called a uh, uh, demonic, not demonic tutor. That, that's uh, not how that works. Tutor. No, no, you cast Infernal Tutor as a sorcery, and then you respond by uh, by cracking yeah, Lion's Eye right, Diamond. Right, you're right. So that well, here's so that here's work. here's the, the 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 part of this where I want I I can recognize like how powerful this idea is is if you guys think about how everybody's like oh man ensnaring bridge is ridiculous because it removes an entire aspect from the game. Oh man, Chalice is ridiculous because yeah, it removes yeah. an entire casting cost from the game. This removes the ability to play at instant speed from the game. It I just removes many... it. It blanks it. For three mana, for no value lost, it blanks it. Yeah. I'm, and it I'm can't not... be bolted, and it comes in with a plus ability that is like it way relevant. Probably not on the turn you play it, but yes, it comes down at five. Sure, with, but like even if you plus, let's say you just plus him to five, he doesn't die. You untap. Okay, so for the rest of the game, I have this walker that says you can't counter anything that I do, right? Okay, I can play this and then just slam a Jace and not have to care, or you know, just like the basic, like I get to ponder at instant speed to find a counter spell. I can ponder, ponder, at ponder speed with the response uh, to whatever you're doing. Like yeah, I have I counterbalance. Let's say I go turn two counterbalance, turn three this guy. Right. If you haven't put any board presence up yet, like if I untap, like this is that's just you're you're locked. You're hard locked. I get to portent and ponder at instant speed with my counterbalance on the table. Are we are we kidding? That's just I have twelve brainstorms in my deck. I actually I very much agree with you, and I think it's funny too. We're like, well, you can thought see you put this in Esper, you thought it's at instant speed, but like you don't need to. Like you don't need to. You're gonna put this in your counterbalance deck and ponder at instant speed. Dude, if you want to thought these in the yeah, you want to thought see somebody in their draw step. I, I mean, as a person who plays a lot of thoughts, it's not as valuable I'm, as you think. I'm saying you could do that. You could do it. You know what I'm saying? That's what I'm saying. Just like, like that's not the, that's not the busted part. I mean, I think being able to... No, the busted part is it blanks all counter magic. Nice days, dude. Nice pierce, dude. Nice fucking yeah. force, dude. 
Oh, yeah, it's a lot of virtual card advantage. I mean, assuming they don't just throw all of those at this guy on the stack. So I mean, at least it's going to – it will – because it, because it requires people to play at sorcery speed, it's actually going to force them to have to play their brainstorms more properly. It's very interesting in that, you know, this – yeah, we're going to find out. I mean, what do you think about this in, in outside the Miracle's Mirror as a way to protect combo decks? That's a, Dude, you want to know what else this is? In that, in those types of, in these, those types of control decks, it's three mana bounce your chalice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, that, yeah. Well, in the combo deck, it's the same thing too. It's three mana bounce your chalice, bounce your hate bear, turn right? Turn to sphere. Yeah. Turn off counter magic. Like it does everything. It does everything. Well, that's why it's the most expensive card in the set. Um, I may sound like I'm soft. I'm soft on this mostly because like, I'm trying to figure out what gets cut and how the format looks and and like you know outside the blue mirror how important that is you know that's the like, thing with this set man there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of uh, things at play a lot of interested parties you know there's a lot going on the thing that I find interesting is like this is the most expensive card in the set but I don't actually think it's the best card in the set oh you think okay let's see if we can find it. Um, hold on one second. Uh, let me tell you something, brother. You're here listening to this Eternal Dirtles podcast, but what you need to do is go over to Eternal Dirtles Patreon, www.patreon.com slash Eternal Dirtles and show your support, brother. Yeah. All right, so let's get in with Karn, Great Creator. It is four uh, mana, so colorless or generic or whatever it is, right? For legendary planeswalker Karn with five loyalty. He has a static ability, activated abilities of artifacts your opponent's control can't be activated. Plus one until your next turn up to one target non-creature artifact becomes an artifact creature with power and toughness each equal to its converted mana cost. Minus two, you may choose an artifact card you own from outside the game or an exile. Reveal that card and put it into your hand. Bill, you think this is the best card in the set? I think it's the best card in the set, and I don't think it's close. Um, this dude, this dude's straight up a double demonic tutor plus a one card combo. A yeah. double demonic tutor plus a one card combo. Yeah, I, I, there's no argument there. And any deck, uh, any deck I, can play it. I mean, this this. Single-handedly spiked Mikasynth Lattice as far as a way to stasis your opponents. So Which... Mikas... Sorry. Go ahead. So the Mikasynth Lattice combo is you put a Mikasynth Lattice in your sideboard. You play this guy. You minus two it to get the Mikasynth Lattice. Next turn, you play another land. And you make everything your opponents control an artifact, which means that they can't tap their lands for anything. And you win as long as you are ahead on board, right? As long as you can attack your opponent for uh, some amount of damage over the course of the next 20 turns, you should be able to get this. Uh, I, I think that it's a bit of a stretch because those two cards are kind of... I, I don't see this card being played outside of the decks that already kind of won it. And those are not the top tier decks of, of this format. Uh, but I, I think that, uh, you know, like there are decks that want to play this card. This card is... I, I think this card is nuts. Like, the idea that th this card is a comp... Like, you play this, and you can do other things. Mm -hmm. you, you can you can do 
whatever you want, because this guy also just lets you have access to literally anything that you want. But the other side of it is if you're playing this in a deck that's going to be like casting a Karn, getting to six mana isn't going to be absurd. And if this is on the table and you're anywhere near six mana, you are threatening that the game just ends. He like the game will become solely about him. And if you can protect him to then get to six mana, as long as you're not too far behind on board, they if you cast a Mycosynth Lattice with this on the table, they either have to float mana and fight over the lattice, or they have to kill the Karn in response to the lattice. Yeah. And the fact that you don't need to dedicate a slot in your deck to having lattice be a bad card. You can just play Karn, and Karn is going to be fine because he's he can be a tutor for whatever else you want in the matchup. Like if you're playing Soul Lands and you cast this guy and you're like, all right, I'm playing against a graveyard deck, I guess I'll play the Karn minus get a, a Tormod's Crypt if, like, I haven't been uh, Grizzle branded yet, but assuming that you can, you know, either slow them down or, or fight long enough to get to a Karn. Uh, the same thing. If you're playing against, like, a control deck, if you can sneak in a Karn, you can then find a defense grid or you can just uh, get the Lattice and threaten that. Yeah. I don't know. If, 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 Dak Faden can top eight a GP, then I don't see why Karn can't just recreate the format. <laughs> That's an interesting jump. Um, I, I agree with everything you're saying. I think we, we have to see if that if the the combo is good or if there's another combo, like you said, you could minus two this thing twice and you know well, the other, other thing things that, you could do. The other thing that you can do too is that because he animates artifacts, if you're playing against the like. Let's say you're playing against Stoneblade. You can just animate their artifact and then kill it with a removal spell. Yeah, right. The classic Karn move. The classic. That's the uh, Karn. Karn Silver Golem. Yeah, that's the mock. Wait, it killed Moxes or something? Yeah. The other side of that too is that in like mid-range grindfests, if you have any other form of artifact, you can just man up your guys, and manning up your artifacts and taking down opposing planeswalkers is also like the best part of Tezzeret Asian Abolus. Yeah, I, I definitely think. No, I, I agree with you that this card is good, and I and I definitely see all those things being tried. Um, so I mean, this set is so has so much going on. It's almost hard to say like whether or not one card could be have like a, a huge effect on the. Four- I don't see how every prison deck. There's so many cards. Every prison deck doesn't just auto into four Karn and then just go, okay, I'm going to like bridge and Trinisphere and whatnot, but then I'm also just going to threaten this Karn combo. Well, your, your point about bridge and Trinisphere is interesting because, you know, if you think about a deck like what we have in Legacy, you know, the Steel Stompy deck, which this is really bad or really good against, I should say. Or in 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 um, vintage with like aggro workshops, they're not, not going to necessarily want to play a card like ensnaring in the main board, and this lets them like, oh crap, my opponent's playing oath. I'm just going to minus two this and get that ensnaring bridge into play, and then I can start putting creatures into because um, they won't oath into something that destroys me, right? I mean, I was just thinking, and my my thoughts were. Only for legacy, I think Karn is way better in vintage and is going to upend that format real quick. Yeah, one sided no yeah. rod's insane in vintage. It's yeah, one sided no rod that you can do on turn one and then the game just ends. It's like, or yeah, even yeah. if it's like, even if you're behind, you can just cast it and then just nuke one of their 
mocks uh, like after going up to six. So you don't even you don't even need to nuke the mocks because I can't. Do so in in uh in vintage, obviously, uh, this gets cast. Your opponent like you cannot let your opponent resolve a tinker because you just don't know the nonsense that's going to occur. It'll probably be Mycosynth Lattice or something like that. Um, in uh, Legacy, uh, I guess I guess reshape is the card you can't let resolve because that will. Uh, you know, that'll likely end the game. Like, if you can get Mycosynth Lattice out and have your opponent not be able to respond to it in, in the forms of Reshape or Tinker, once that card's in play, that's it. Like, the cards, the spells resolve, the card's in play. There isn't a good tutor. Reshape's a bad tutor for... for sure, like, the, for, but, for but it's, yeah. it's the ability to put that card directly into play that's that's the thing. It's yeah. It's being able to be like, this is resolved, cool, and now I'm going to do this and your opponent just has to sit there and be like well i would have done that and i known that you were going to put a mycosynth lattice into play so you know you got to think about uh the surprise factor of, of of reshape over over the fact that it's probably not great dude yeah. karn karn and sai might be best buds yeah there you go because if you if you have sai and you want to instant speed i mean in my mind i haven't gone anywhere past having just one mycosynth lattice in my board because that makes karn a one card combo yeah but hey man if you want the tutor for it you can war of invention that shit yeah, there That's you go. Right. War of Invention is is probably actually better, and and a card that you can play uh, yeah. that you know we haven't tried yet in Legacy much. Um, I tried War of Invention for Lion's Eye Diamond. Uh, it didn't go anywhere. Anyway, um, so let's uh, let's move on. Let's move on to Sahili, Sublime Artificer. Speaking of things that put artifacts into play, she is one and then two hybrid blue red mana, so three total converted mana cost um, for Legendary Planeswalker Sahili with five loyalty. Uh, whenever you cast a non-creature spell, create a 1-1 colorless servo artifact creature token. Minus two, target artifact you control becomes a copy of another target artifact or creature you control until end of turn, except it's an artifact in addition to its other types. Um, so this card is both red and blue and also red and also blue. So I think it's important to, <laughs> to think about this card in a possible as a possible card, as a three three mana card in a uh, uh, red prison deck, as a three mana card in a blue prison deck, as just a card that like makes one one creatures in in a in a blue deck. You know, there's a lot there's a lot that this card offers as far as uh, why you'd want to play a card like this, um, because uh, it's got those hybrid mana symbols. Yeah, yeah, the mono red potential for this is interesting. Um, the minus two, I feel like there's got to be an infinite combo that, that can do that, that do something with that, but I don't, I don't understand. Like you make your servo into something well, you need the other, that, that you tap it. Other thing. And it's not that it comes, it doesn't come into play. So that's the huge part there. It doesn't like yeah. go, you know, Sahili, uh, Felidar guardian combo. Uh, it, it's already in play. So you'd have to like find some way to make a, a infinite number of, of uh, guys to copy and like have Found them it. somehow blink. Found it. Okay, go Found for it. it. Go, what's up? You play the, what's the, uh, Sarkin's Nexus or whatever, the five mana time walk artifact? Okay. So you play that, you play that because it's legendary, right? I'm assuming it's legendary. Sure. Let's Ugin's say it's Nexus. Ugin's Nexus. Ugin's Nexus. Okay. Nexus. Is yeah. it legendary? It's legendary. Yeah. yeah, so you cast this, you make your thing a copy, you sack the token, get an extra turn. And then you you could assume that you could draw another spell the next turn. It's not an infinite combo for, for sure, but it is it is value. It's it's, it's it could be close, because assuming that you're doing everything else with your mana, since she will give the token 
You'll get the token for free, and then you can use her ability. Now, granted, you Nate. will need to replace her, but you can get a couple of extra turns out of yeah. her. You did. You did have to put Ugin's Nexus into your deck, so there's there's and that. Into play. Well, you can, you can tutor it up with your Karn. Yeah, um, sure. Uh, <laughs> all coming together. Yeah, that's that's yeah, yeah. I don't think that the minus two isn't really the story here as much as the 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 question of whether or not this for one mana extra and the potential to play it in a mono blue deck or mono red deck, you get a somewhat a somewhat improved young pyromancer. Yeah, it's a young pyromancer that can't be like killed with a uh, like a fatal push, right? Yeah, it can be killed with a pyroblast. It's interesting though, like you know the the up the, one thing that I've noticed now that Monastery Mentor has been printed, and also you know some other things is that like the incidents like the fact that you can trigger a Monastery Mentor um, with like a Lotus Petal or Mox Opal or something is interesting. Yeah. And the difference between non-creature spell and just instant or sorcery is relevant a lot. Yes. Um, so there is that that sort of hanging out there with like, is it worth the one more mana? Does your deck want that effect? Does your deck want a lot of artifacts? Like we were talking about with War of Invention, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of directions you can go because this creates, you know, this different kind of creature on this different kind of card. You know, I I, I don't know. Um, it's uh it's definitely it's definitely going to be require some balance, and that's you know sort of where I am with a lot of cards in the set. It's like the cards have a lot of trade-offs, and I think that's interesting. Yeah, a five, I mean, a five loyalty planeswalker is not easy to kill. I think in every format that uh, all that that this set is going to be legal in, which is all of the formats, th <laughs> there's going to be some uh, some large amount of shakeup because this is, the power level on some of these cards is is just on par with stuff that's already out there. So there's going to be some decisions made. We're going to see these cards, uh, I think, in in like larger tournaments. We're going to see we're going to see these cards being played and tried out. I think we're going to see a ton of Sahili. I think a home for it that I already have is in uh, Modern. I think it's the, this was the best card in the set that got spoiled for Arclight. Yeah. Um, Arclight didn't get much, but I think it did get Sahili. And then... Say that. Um, <laughs> I think for the the fact that she triggers off of non-artifact... Or not artifact, uh, non-creature spells means that uh, even though she's not making monks, she doesn't die to removal... So this is also a reasonable thing where, like, I'm kind of interested to try her in the mentor slot in Miracles. Yeah. Uh, obviously, she doesn't kill as quickly, but the fact that she may soak up some amount of damage as well uh, makes her more appealing to me than just if I slam a mentor on three or if I have to and then it gets killed, that's, like, obviously very bad. Now, the upside, if you have a bajillion mana plus a lot of spells in hand, and then you're going off with your mentor is, is great. But the fact that you can Sahili for this effect and then still not have that tension with Terminus is really appealing. Yeah. Yeah, I think that, um, you know, the, one of the interesting things is, is like, you, you don't have to play white to play this card. And if you want an additional token maker in blue or red, there you, there you have it. You know? Like, mm -hmm. you, don't, you, just, you, know, you don't have those... You don't have to, mentors... Mentor is a more is a stronger card than this, I think, like a more powerful card in a vacuum, right? But there, there there's there's contextual power as well, and you you have a better mana base and have like sort of a blue red tempo we temp tokeny deck, and you know sometimes those decks seem like they want mentor, but then you got to splash white, and you know that's not always great. So, you know that, that's that's the kind of trade off I see happening.
Um, yeah, see. Mentor is is obvious is is definitely the more inherently powerful card. It's a faster clock. It produces more powerful tokens. Uh, but this is sort of like a lateral move where, in a deck that, like, I mean, I'm just thinking miracles at the moment. But yeah, I don't have to expose a white source at all with Sublime Artificer. I get the same effects. There's no tension if I top deck the Terminus. I can still cast it and not care. And then it also uh, works off of all any spell that I'm going to cast anyway. Even if I cast like a Jace as a follow-up, I'm still going to get another token to protect him. Right. So uh, I don't know. I think it might be interesting to try in that deck too as a replacement for Mentor. Even though I love Mentor, uh, this being a, functionally the same thing all in mono blue. This is the first one in mono blue that we've ever had, right? Mm-hmm. Like this kind of token uh, generator there, at, this, at this price, for sure. Yeah, the, the only one I can think of is um, uh, the guy who makes drakes, or whatever. Oh yeah, Talran. But those Talran. guys are all at four mana. You got that side, kind of but again, side doesn't do instance in you know like it only does artifacts, right? Yes, side. Well, it triggers off historic spells, so artifacts, other planeswalkers. I'm like, there you go. All right, Dovin, Hand of Control, two generic mana and a hybrid white blue, so three converted mana cost. For a legendary planeswalker, Dovin with five loyalty. Dovin's static ability, artifact, instant, and sorcery spells your opponent's cast cost one more to cast. Minus one until your next turn. Prevent all damage that would be dealt to and dealt by target permanent and opponent controls. Now, I think this card is sneaky good. I, I think that it's a it's it's a one no matter what you think, it's a one-sided Thalia. It doesn't hit enchantments, enchantments and planeswalkers, which are probably number four and five on the most often cast, like um, non-creature spells. Non-creature spells. So it's essentially as good as Athalia, and it's one-sided. And then you minus one it to prevent like what got into play from doing anything, and you've got like you know four or five turns of that, right? Yeah. No, I think I think this card has has legs as a a possible sideboard card. Um, that might that might even see main deck play in in, in decks that like want to slow the opponent down. This could be a fine card to play in miracles, honestly. Like, uh, I, prevent all damage to target permanent. So it doesn't it it targets, so it's not going to stop a true name. But you know, it, it it's going to buy you a couple of turns, and if it buys you five turns, that's pretty good. These are you know, all cards that I'm just like, man, this was a really kind set to Ancient Tomb. Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, you know what? I know this is going to sound crazy, but I, one of the things I thought about this was in was in Delver. And I know before you – Delver is on mana denial, right? So this is mana denial. Mm-hmm. And if you can, like, prevent – like, in the Delver mirror, which, again, you know, it's going to be about mana denial and this gets spell pierced and all that stuff. But if you can find an opening to get this thing down, they probably only have a Delver or a Gurmag Angler or something in play. Like, you can probably close the game out with your tempo creatures while they're – struggling to piece together an answer to this planeswalker yeah i think this is great tempo mirror i think this would have that that would be a super interesting point and a really fun way to think about potentially building a different flavor of delver if you were if this wasn't exactly competing with true name nemesis right i i I know and Maybe well, I mean, True Name Nemesis is just going to be the fun police at all times. Yeah, so. right. Especially with all the, 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 that's one of the things that's again interesting about the set. A lot of these things are at three mana, and you have to just at, at very at the very top you have to justify it over True Name, which is tough. Um, but I think Dovin is is an interesting card. It basically shuts down Storm. I mean, I shouldn't say that. 
it, it, it's it's a way that you can play in your spell deck play a Thalia effect against Storm, because Storm is all artifacts and and sorceries. <laughs> like you know, <laughs> there's nothing you want more than that. He can also just be played in something like DNT as a way to stack Thalias. Yep, right. Then it's competing with uh, Wingmare, Ring Wingmare in that spot. But again, Planeswalker, one-sided, and can stop damage for a while. So one of the ways DNT loses, quite frankly, is the opponent played a Delver on turn one, and you didn't get to draw your way out of it. And this would this would mitigate that and give you yep. turns against such a draw. Excuse me. Um, the next card is another way that you can mitigate uh, a turn one Delver. Yes, Chandra, Fire Artisan. Two red red, Legendary Planeswalker Chandra, uh, for loyalty. Whenever one or more loyalty counters are removed from Chandra, Fire Artisan, she deals that much damage to target opponent or Planeswalker, plus one. Exile the top card of your library, you may play it this turn. Minus seven, exile the top seven cards of your library, you may play them this turn. So I take that back, she doesn't deal damage to creatures. That's right. <laughs> I was like, this is great. If you, she gets attacked, she just kills the creature she attacks. But it's gonna, it's gonna hit your opponent. Yeah. Well, the, the, we're gonna only talk about this card for a second because yeah. the problem. I think Chandra Torch of Defiance is is better at this mana cost. Yeah, of course. I do think I do kind of like this in an aggro type deck. Like, like if you're flooding and burn, this is good because they can't attack it down really this effectively. Is an insane static ability. Yeah, it basically it, I mean, if, if you're a burn yeah. deck, yeah, this is a great static ability. Not even if you're just a burn deck, just like, if uh, this thing's coming in, if you just plus, like, one-sided Howling Mine we've seen is good enough. Like, yes, this may be a situation where you're not just going to get the two damage, like Torch of Defiance. Like, Torch of Defiance is obviously something that they were trying to push really hard. This one just has, like, you get to, in two turns, threaten a draw seven, that's going to dome them for seven. And at least yeah, going to dumb them for exactly. five, right? Like, if, if they have <laughs> no, to remove no, it's, this... No, it's, no, it's whenever our counter's removed, oh, right? Oh, yeah, what I'm saying is if they kill this, it's at least going to dumb them for five. Yes. Right? If they assuming they, assuming they kill it with damage. You know, if they just remove it from the board with a, with a spell, it's... But it, she, it, comes, she comes in at five, right? Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. So they're going to... If, if they do damage to this to get it off the board, they're taking five damage. Well, even that, you get to plus it to six... What what are the formats going to hit for six? Oh no no, she comes in at four and goes in her. She has a plus one, so it, oh I might have said five. five by accident. Sorry, the last one was five. Oh, oh yeah okay. It's, it's, so like, well, either way, like a, a single attack from most cards in the format doesn't kill this. The only one that that you see commonly would be uh, Gurmag Angler. Yeah. Um, and you know, you don't <laughs> even then you don't have to play it into a Gurmag Angler. So yeah. there you go. And, like, and you you know you're continuing to draw a card every turn with with this as well it's it's worth mentioning i don't think it's better than torture defiance i just think it's a card that is uh it, it's interesting and and it fills i feel like a different slot than what torture defiance is looking to do does it say you may play that card or cast that card play. You play you can hit lands off it yeah you can play lands that's like that's a big game that's actually true you cannot hit lands off torture defiance not that once you have four lands and play in your red deck you need more but you yeah. know no but like let's say you're you're on like you, you will know, when you need draw seven cards if you're on Mountain Tomb <laughs> Chrome right. Box, like you're very much in the market to be still hitting land drops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I think I think it's an interesting card. I wish it was one red red or three in a red or something that would have made it a little bit of a less direct comparison to Torture Defiance, but it's a it's a cool card. I really do like that static effect. I think it's underrated. I think the um, other thing the other thing about it too is that it I, I get that the deck is already getting glutted on four drops because of the other Chandra, but this plays right into the fiery 
uh, confluence or whatever it's called, where people just dome you for six. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Uh, Solar Blaze, two red and a white sorcery. Each creature deals damage to itself equal to its power. Um, Jack, you this kills true name. Yeah, this is yep. true name. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> we, we we have a we do have a policy of mentioning any uh card that kills true name so uh yeah yep that's that's, uh, that's all i wanted to mention about this card it just does it does the thing that we that we often are trying to figure out about uh god pharaoh's statue six mana for legendary artifact spells your opponent's cast cost two more to cast at the beginning of your end step each opponent loses one life i think we talked about this in our quick run yes, through we, bill we did, did you have yeah. anything uh, the only thing that I can think of is because it's a static ability, giving there's I, once again, I think there's got to be some kind of combo where if something gains lifelink, you just get to do shenanigans because like gain life, untap or gain life, do something else, you know? Yeah. Um, where it's like you would try and like basilisk collar or something like that to, to get that effect. Uh, this guy being something that if you're not in blue, uh, it's interesting to be able to rebuild your board. I think Wait, it's interesting. What are we talking about? Godfair statue? Oh, oh, sorry. I was looking at the wrong card. Yeah. Um, let's move on to the next card then. And <laughs> we can probably cut that. Shit. I'm talking about Soren. Yeah. 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 God well, let's talk about is, 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 I don't think it's going to see much play in Legacy, but I think it could show up in Vintage. It's just like a, a win condition. Like I said, I think I said like people will play this because they're psychopaths and uh, that's why they want to play it. Yeah. Um, that's why it will see play. Soren Vent. Hell of a drug, man. Soren Vengeful Bloodlord, two white and a black for a legendary planeswalker Soren. As long as your as it's your turn, creatures and planeswalkers you control have lifelink. Plus two, Soren Vengeful Bloodlord deals one damage to target player planeswalker. Minus X, return target creature card with converted mana cost X. Your graveyard to the battlefield and becomes a vampire. Um, yeah, uh, you were saying something about giving things lifelink. Um, yeah, I was saying that giving things lifelink is really good. I mean, we've seen that dealing a damage is. Or just giving uh, hitting X1 creatures is really relevant. That's like where Liliana yep. uh, Last Hope shines. Doesn't hit creatures. Doesn't hit creatures. The 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 no, it's plus. target player planeswalker. Yeah. Oh, okay. He's way worse than I thought. Never mind. I'm good to move on. <laughs> I think the minus X is interesting. Yeah, I the minus think... X is the thing that I, I'm the most uh, interested in for sure. Yeah. Man, you see this card and then you know how pushed Last Hope is. Yeah. You see this card, you know how pushed like a lot of all these of other cards are. Storev, so let me just call this one up real fast. Yeah. I can go over him. Uh, Storev, Stor Divkaren Lich. He's one, two black, and a green. Uh, zombie Elf Wizard. He's got Trample. Whenever Storev, Devkaren Lich deals combat damage to a player or Planeswalker, return to your hand target creature or Planeswalker card in your graveyard that wasn't there this combat. That wasn't put there this combat. And he's a 5-4, so he's... He's got a, a good chance of dealing damage. He's also going to see no play. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I just wanted to mention this card is another another in in the list of slightly better than Juzum Jin cards that that uh, like aren't pushed enough. If this was three mana, it might it might be see play. Yeah, the three mana five four with value attached. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying, like, that's... But as a 4-mana 5-4 value attached, we don't play it. As a 3-4, we would have been like, yeah, this is this is playable. 3-mana 5-4, you actually be looking at, you look at the true name. This says trample over true name. Yep. Um, Dreadhorde Butcher, blue and a red. Creature Zombie Warrior with haste. It is a 1-1. Whenever Dreadhorde Butcher deals combat damage to a player or planeswalker, put a plus-one, plus-one counter on it. 
When it dies, it deals damage equal to its power to any target. This is a this is like a fling combo maniac with pump spells. You berserk it, and it dies automatically with extra power. I, I'm I'm in on this card. Probably I'm the only one. <laughs> Jund berserk dot deck. Jund berserk. You're like blood. You play with the other with the other berserk. Dreadhorde, the Dreadhorde Arcanist. <laughs> I've already got you know. I might actually play standard just to play this card because this is my favorite kind of card. Okay. <laughs> but uh, I'm sure you disagree, Bill. Any any chance? Do you want to try this? <laughs> I mean, a- every time we ever pull up a card and we're like, oh yeah, just berserk. I'm like, guys, you know infect exists, right? Yeah. Well, the <laughs> truth is, it's if, yeah, I know. There's, there's, infect has other issues right now. So, uh, and grass rampage, blue and red for a sorcery. Choose one target player sacrifices an artifact creature or planeswalker. Just wanted to get Phil's view on this. I think we mentioned. We did mention this uh, two weeks ago. Yeah. 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 I think like the um, my opinions are probably going to be pretty similar, but uh, I think it's only downside is that it's a sorcery, but I do think it's better than uh, Dreadbore in that it's obviously more flexible. It can hit your TNN. It can hit uh, Chalice. It can hit um, a Merit Lage, assuming you get to untap. So like, it, it does a bunch of things. Granted, you can position it properly. I just don't know if the decks that can play it in these colors are going to be able to position it uh, specifically enough to merit the slot. But if it shows up, I think it would just show up in that Dreadbore slot because I do think overall in the current uh, where the format sits right now, it would be more applicable than Dreadbore is. Um, but it's uh, tough on your colors. Yeah. Uh, Dovin's Veto, white and a blue for an instant. This spell can't be countered. Counter-target non-creature spell. It's worth mentioning because negate. I, I realize negate sees no play, but negate can be countered. So uh, this, in a world where more planeswalkers are being played, which is the world that's possible after this, uh, <laughs> this is a, a hard counter to that sort of stuff. So it, it's it's a maybe. So who was it that said, you know how the character's name is name is Dovin Bond? Oh, Dovin. Yeah. Why didn't they name this Dovin's Ban? <laughs> wow. was if, it wasn't for, if it wasn't for Faraz's Ban, I feel the homelands would be lost. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, this guy isn't going to see any play, but that's unfortunate. They just needed to say spell, not non-creature spell. Oh, yeah, well, that's what we need. No, I think this. I actually, th- I actually do think this will see play. I think it'll be at least a one of in in your in your mirror in a miracles deck to just stop the kinds of. Um, Haymakers that Miracles has trouble dealing with, which is specifically other Planeswalkers or enchantments that produce value every turn. Especially if, if Teferi becomes a thing, like, that's the Teferi War, you know, that could come up. Yeah. Um, you don't yeah. want to play creatures against, you don't want to play creatures against Miracles very often. And, you know, one of in the main deck or two across 75, I think is, is really good for, for that deck. So you got to be really specifically hating to, pull this in over counterspell but i mean i could see that world no i i don't think so though because i think like counterspell loses can lose in counter wars and the point of this would be to like no you can't cast anything with days back up can't cast anything with force back up you know you can't have you know you board in reb to win counter wars you board in fluster storm to win counter wars not gonna happen this thing is just just shuts the door Hey, dude, uncounterable is a busted mechanic. So it's a, a busted mechanic, yeah. In the in, and it's it's you know, 
it's not going to matter. It only doesn't matter in the non in like a non blue mirror. But you know, that's that's not what this card is for. And you know, the way things are sort of shaping up, the blue mirror is going to be a thing that people play. Time wipe. Time wipe. This is a stupid name. Two white, white, blue sorcery. Return a creature you control to its owner's hand and destroy all creatures. Hold on, I got to get back to why I'm laughing at time wipe. It's because I'm an infant. But you should never put wipe anywhere <laughs> just, it just sounds sounds so gross um zach i don't i, I know why I, I know why you want to talk about this card it's really interesting if you like bounce your snapcaster then destroy everything else yeah but that's that's what it comes sorcery. down to yeah five <laughs> mana sorcery five is a lot I, i'm not i'm not gonna you know i don't know this card's definitely gonna see play in legacy it might see play in uh in in modern uh, but uh, it, it's an interesting effect, and it's something we haven't really seen before. The the like, you know, it, it, cataclysm is two sided. Both people get to keep something, right? Yeah. This you're you're getting if if you have the value on on your side of the board, you get to keep your value. So that's uh, that's interesting to me. Yep. All right. All right. So let's pop back us, up to the April current 11th. day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I have I I want to talk about cameo collector of tales. Yeah. Two green and a blue for a five mana legendary planeswalker Tamio. Spells and abilities your opponents control can't cause you to discard cards or sacrifice permanence. Plus one. Choose a non land card name, then reveal the top four cards of your library. Put all cards with a chosen name from among them into your hand and the rest into your graveyard. Minus three. Return target card from your graveyard to your hand. Um. Excuse me, curving a true name to this is truly obnoxious. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's that. I, it's, it, you know, when I look at these colors, of course, the first thing I think is infect, and this is not playable in infect. Yeah, but it's, <laughs> it's you know, it's it's a thing. Yeah. That you know, it's what does it do? It look at all the stuff it does. It stops you from. Uh, from I mean, the sacrifice thing is 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 pretty big. I think. The discard's good, too, because if you think of, like, the plus one, you know, if you put something in your hand, they're going to know what it is. And that's good for Cabal Therapy, etc. Yeah. And it's also just a regrowth. It's It can become in plus one double regrowth, you know, and, you know, you could probably... That's probably enough. Just, I think uh, this is a Bant Stoneblade card. I think it is a Bant Stoneblade card. I don't know if it's, you know, it's competing with Jace, but... Um, it's not that much. I mean, if you go, let's say your curve is Sylvan Library, true name this. I mean, that's insane. <laughs> You're just never yeah. gonna lose. You're just never gonna lose. Now, granted, if your your curve is Sylvan Library, true name. What know. if you're just persistent petitioning? Right. There's a good idea. There you go. Sure. Just turn this into a, a plus one draw four, and then you get to mill them. Do you guys know the first card that had this effect? The uh, any amount of cards? Yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, it no is idea. also green and blue. Wood Sage is a human Wood druid. Wood Sage. Tempest. Yeah. It only Same drew color. creatures. It only drew creatures. This draws everything. Yeah. Um. I mean, look, the 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 plus one with all the cantrips in the format in blue. I mean, that's basically. It, let's say there's no pressure. You put this down, right? If it's on an empty board, I mean, I guess any planeswalker empty board, blah blah, right? Put this down, bring a card back from your graveyard, like, say, a Brainstorm. Next turn, you Brainstorm, choose a non-land card, put it into your hand, put the rest of the stuff in your graveyard that you don't want. I mean, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty good. I mean, you could conceivably play this with, uh, 
I, I guess it doesn't really work with counterbalance because your opponent's not going to do counterbalance stuff on your turn. Yeah. Yeah. Do you guys have anything else from April 11th? Uh, no, the gods seem boring. I agree. Um, that's a six-mana sorcery, five-mana sorcery. I mean, Anything? I still think Fobothup is uh, going to be the nut. Well, that's not for me, but we already talked about it. Uh, let's see. We're on April 12th now. Um, contentious plan, right? That card's real. One in the blue. Sorcery, proliferate, draw a card. That card's super real. Yeah, I feel like if we talked about it, I don't know why, because it didn't get spoiled to them. But yeah, I, I think that proliferate is an underrated mechanic overall. Obviously, this has the Chalice nuking upside yeah. if you're that kind of deck. So that's there as well. I would play this over Tezzeret's Gambit in Infect. That's another thing. I mean, Infect is a real thing if you're doing something with token. Uh, if, if there was a way to like put counters on your creatures in Infect. And, <laughs> Awaken you know, like, to Ghazi, that's about it. Right. Well, no, I mean, you could figure something out, and then it's yeah. a different kind of build. Yeah. You know, it's not like Infect's tearing things up right now, so, like, it could use a little bit of, of work, and, you know, maybe this is a card that goes into the new Infect deck as a two-mana proliferate draw card. Uh, Bond of Flourishing. One in the green for a sorcery. Look at the top three cards of your library. You may reveal a permanent card from among them and put it into your hand. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in any order. You gain three life. One day I'll just make green. They'll just make ponder green. I'll be so happy. They're getting closer every set. That's that's where that's where they're going, man. Green gets the best selection. Green gets the best selection. This is a fine card for decks that aren't playing blue and need selection. So, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, if you're looking for this type of effect, you just have adventurous impulse. Uh, adventurous impulse. I don't think hits any permanent, which could be relevant. I think it's, it's only historic, right? Here, yeah. Yeah. The fact this hits any permanent is getting ever closer to playable one day. Nissa's Oath, man. Oath of Nissa. <laughs> yeah, right. I've tried it. I've tried them all. Uh, finale of Promise. X red red. Sorcery. You may cast up to one target instant card and or up to one target sorcery card from your graveyard, each with converted mana cost X or less without paying their mana costs. If a card cast this way, we put it to your graveyard, exile it. If X is 10 or more, copy each of those spells twice. And you may choose new targets for the copies. Sure. I think the, the back half of that spell, the 10 or more, that's irrelevant. This card, I, I don't think this is, like, I think Karn is the best card in the set. This card, I think, though, might be the most busted one in the set. Oh, this card is extremely busted if you can figure out how to break it. <laughs> Dude, I'm, I don't know. Like, what do you, if you just had this and you cast it for X equals 1, like, X equals one on a ponder and a brainstorm alone is an insane three mana turn. Exactly. Also, like Entomb and Reanimate is an instant in the sorcery. <laughs> um, so I mean, I'm you're trading two good. cards to get two cards. I don't. I don't buy it. I don't think this card's very good. You get the other thing that you could do is like if you just play this as a mini pass in flames, you're like, you know, okay, uh, write a flame dark ritual and then just rebuy them both, and now you're sitting at seven mana. Uh, you would use one black and two red to cast it, so you'd have three. You'd have two left, and then you dark to... ritual and right for free. Yeah, you're right. Okay, I'm just checking to make sure that was correct. Seven mana. You just have yeah. seven mana floating, so you're less like, all right. If you can get yourself hellbent, you're like, yeah. Let me just go ad nauseum right now off of this infernal tutor. Oh, you can cast the second finale of promise for X. Yeah, that, five. yeah. That's and then and then eventually you cast yet another. 
finale of Promise, and, and you go off at 10. The card's extremely busted. I haven't <laughs> been able to think about it that much. I mean, it's a one-card way to get your Phoenixes back. Sure. That's, that's um, fair. So that, that also does a thing. Like, the this, X is like 10 this, or more. This, card, this card is getting me all giddy, man. This card's busted. X is 10 or more actually possible to achieve in Ruby Storm. So, you know, <laughs> that's, you know, that's not something to, 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 you know, shake a stick at or whatever. I don't know how to say anything. Um, okay. Uh, this is a Planeswalker deck that has nothing. Uh, we are up to April 15th. So for those of you who don't know, we like stopped our set review halfway through and then had to figure out, we had to catch ourselves up to the stuff we missed and then go from there. Yeah. So, uh, do you guys like the soul diviner? Uh, I, I, I looked at this card and I was like, I don't think it's good enough. Okay. Um, Nicol Bolas, Dragon God. We've talked we... about uh, him earlier uh, as, as a heads up because yep. he was kind of spoiled before. I think the Elder Spell's worth mentioning. I do, too. Let's do the Elder Spell first and we'll go back one. Yeah. The Elder Spell, Black Black, uh, destroy any number of target Planeswalkers. Here's a Planeswalker you control. Put to- two loyalty counters on it for each Planeswalker destroyed this way. It's a f- like f- for a deck that wants this ability, it's it's fine. Like it, sometimes you're it's gonna want to kill. It's too black to destroy a planeswalker. Yeah, kill kill a planeswalker. That's pretty good. Um, I mean, there's also uh, the, they they spoiled another card that like takes five five counters off of a permanent or something like that. That's black, um, which it's is also mana. fine for yeah. one mana. Uh, this is good if you have, you know, planeswalkers, right? Like if 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 you're in a control mirror, you probably side one of these in. Well, the other thing, uh, the problem I have with this card, though, is that, like, if it's just going to be in Legacy Black Black Kill a Walker, I actually think Vampire Hex Mage is a more versatile way to do that. Well, it's kill any number of walkers. That's where it comes in. So if you're playing I mean, against Grixis Control and they've got a Jason Lily down and you kill both of them, that's insane. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm thinking that, like, what are the apl- what are the times where the Elder Spell is going to actually hit two walkers versus times where if you have Hex Mage to deal with walkers that you also want it to, like, deal with chalices? True. I mean, I, I, I actually I think, I think that's, that's interesting. Yeah, I, I don't think anyone's sideboarding vampire hex mage for walkers. True. And you know, maybe people will now that Phil said that. Because I, that, <laughs> the, the thing I thought about this is like, let's say you're playing Grixis control. Well, maybe not Grixis control because you have access to Dreadbore, um, but maybe you want the upside of black black, or maybe you're playing just a blue black deck, um, or you're a, just a pox deck. Yeah, this is just a way to like kill a planeswalker for two mana, which is pretty good. It's gonna it's gonna always trade up unless they play Tybalt. Yeah, the upside of, of being able to get two or more planeswalkers is is just it's good. You know, like that's yeah. that it's it's just a bonus to that card. You don't need to kill two to get value out of this. A lot of moving also, parts. So let's let's just say that this competes with the following cards: Vampire Hex. I'm not doing this as a joke. It's funny. Vampire Hex Mage, Dreadbore, and um, blanking on what we maybe we always said vampire Hexmage. but it's like it's a different card than both of those cards and that's where it's competing yeah yeah also i just want to say that if this is always going to trade up 100 percent because if they do play timbolt against you you're definitely not spending your elder spell trying to kill it yeah that's you've, right. you've wait, already waited for this for something else right <laughs> yeah uh deliver unto evil two and a black for a sorcery choose up to four target cards in your graveyard if you control a bolas planeswalker return those cards to your hand Otherwise, an opponent chooses two of them, leave the chosen cards in your graveyard, and put the rest into your hand. I want to, and it, it exiles itself. I want to just point out a couple things about this card. One, it you can pick cards with the same names, right? So you can just like, you know, 
I'll just target these four accumulated knowledges. Not that that's going to come up, but you know, you don't have you can you can force bad incentives on your opponent, right? Mm-hmm. Because of that. Um, two, it's still a it's still a double regrowth for any kind of card. In yeah, black. it's like a mini mini Yogwill kind of situation, right? Yeah. Um, you know, it, like gifts ungiven, intuition, like these all see play for a reason. You know, they're good cards, and I think this card at two and a black can find a home. Yeah. I think this is one of those cards where it the way that it actually is going to become powerful is what you were just talking about, where you just put in multiple copies of the same cards so you can guarantee more or less what you're going to get. Um, and because you're never no, nobody's ever going to have a bolus planeswalker plus this card. So it's always yeah. going to be like that sort of factor fiction esque style thing. But uh, the fact that you can choose the same name is where this card like it will only be playable in that context yeah you'll you'll find a way there'll, there'll be a, a way you can you can sort of you know work i just this. think like this is the type of card that is uh good enough because it's a three mana card that in your storm deck you can uh play it off of your led that you crack for three yeah and then get the cards back and you can and pick if like you have any means to like position it where they have to give you back mana plus something, you know? Well, yeah, dark ritual, cabal ritual, you know, LED, lotus petal gives you back mana. I mean, there's there's you know all sorts of things you could do. So, right, um, exactly. And uh, infernal tutor is like a nice way to s- sort of uh, set this up in a in a grindier game where you want this kind of effect because infernal tutor is also looking for just an additional copy of a card if you're not hellbent. So you can sort of get ahead of this to then com- use it to combo out. Yeah, I don't. I, again, I, I, that's what I'm thinking. I just, I just see this card being used as a as a way to regrow two cards. And you know, there's enough cards in Legacy where any two cards in your graveyard that you get to select out of four coming back to your hand is good, right? Yeah. So yeah, you're gonna yeah. get you're gonna get some value there one way or the other. It's not like you're gonna get four lands, you know. The like, other, the, the the fun part about the the card could be too is that. If you have something that's glaringly super powerful in your graveyard that you know your opponent's likely not to give you, you might be able to game them into giving you the things that you actually need rather than the card that's, quote, most powerful in that circumstance, right? Like, if you had Land, Pedal, LED, Infernal Tutor, and but what you really needed in your hand was just any amount of mana and you haven't made a land drop yet, like... Yeah, it's you the old get... factor fiction for for one force of will and four other cards plan when you already have the force of will in your hand, right? Yeah. Like, right. Yeah. That's that's the that's the play there. Right. Um. Well, we won't spend a lot of time on this. I promise. Hugh Atley's Raptor, <laughs> green and a white, for a two-three creature dinosaur with vigilance. When Hugh Atley's Raptor enters the battlefield, proliferate. I'm just I'm just I just love Narnum Renegade so much. All I want to do is curve an Narnum Renegade into this. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> and then, like, you got like, it, man. Yeah. We're gonna put, Results. We're gonna all of Results. That. <laughs> it's also great with Experiment One because you put two counters on it when it comes into play. Dude, you're <laughs> fucking living the dream over here. I, I love it. I love these cards. I just want Zoo to be good one day. Um, Spark Harvest for one black sorcery. As additional cost to cast a spell, sacrifice a creature, pay three and a black, destroy target creature or planeswalker. Um, 
this is this is this is like a good way to catch up in your young pyromancer deck. Yeah. You know, you know, if you need to like destroy something, got extra creatures, death triggers, anything like that. Even it's I, even fine with uh like okay, I've already gotten my value out of my uh uh baleful strix, I'll I'll slam this, right? Yeah, really. Like they're never gonna bounce a baleful strix with Jace, so like. You know, basically, like, if you have this in your deck and a Baleful Strix in play, which is useless at that point, you just use it to kill Jace. I mean, it's probably fine. You've yeah. gotten value. You're, you know, that's the kind of thing. I see this card seeing a little bit of play. Maybe you guys disagree, but I like it. Yeah. Anything where you're boarding in Bitter Blossom, something like that. Dude, this is your this is your Judith Dex go-to card. Right. Oh, so good. I didn't even mention that because I already talked about who Atlee's Raptor, Proliferate Zoo. But um, I, I, yes, it is a good Judith card. Dude, two weeks from now, when we have these cards out, the first card you're gonna sleeve up out of this set, out of all these cards, is gonna be Watley's Raptor, and then you're just gonna be like, "Yeah, I got there because I proliferated my Jute and killed this guy, and then swung for lethal." And we're gonna be oh, like, God, "That's so it. good." I mean, it's so good. Uh, Harden scales, Ashiok Dream Render, one and two hybrid blue black for a so three converted mana cost, five loyalty, legendary planeswalker Ashiok. Spells and abilities your opponent's control can't cause their controller to search their library. Minus one. Target player puts the top four cards of their library into their graveyard, then exile each opponent's graveyard. This is just a, a rude card to play in EDH, I think. And and the the exile opponent's graveyard thing is like, yeah, it's a bonus that might make it playable in, in Legacy. But after that, like the search your library thing, like playing hate to search opponent's library seems weird. Yeah, I mean, it shuts down fetches, which is, you know, half of people's mana bases, which is going to be a big game even at three mana, even if you're not turboing it out. Uh, the thing is, is that you're going to be on developed boards by then, assuming that you're not, like, messing with their mana another way. I was high on this guy until I realized that it said only opponents' stuff can't search for them. So I you can't, like, pair this with in, like, your monocolored deck that's trying to, like... Uh, Crucible lock them with like Ghost Quarter. Ghost Quarter, yeah. yeah. Um, Path to Exile, couple, that sort of stuff, yeah. Couple notes. This is insane in the Phoenix Mirror uh, because you just fill your graveyard and then you exile theirs and they can't cast Buried Alive or use fetches. And actually, we did discuss it in the Phoenix Discord as a potential. Like, this oh, card's yeah. actually pretty good off a of Dark Ritual turn one and it fills your graveyard and it disrupts them. I'll uh, hand that over. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Hey, man, we might have just found its home. It doesn't win the game, but we could probably figure it out from there. I think yeah. I like the, I like Ashiok. It's worth taking a look at. Actually, I wish I was not using Scryfall anymore. If this is like a if this is like a seventy five cent Planeswalker, you know, it's gonna get played. You know what I mean? Like, jeez. Yeah. Also, uh, if you're if, if, if the other thing too is that like if you're just in a control mirror, uh, not letting your opponents fetch away their brainstorm chafe uh, is good early. But then also this guy, if it's not under any pressure, just minusing five times like. You know, 20 cards is, is a pretty good clock. I mean, the fact that you can put... The thing is, you can put your cards in the graveyard, which I think is underrated and not note, and it hasn't been noticed. Because I think the the instinctive thing is that you, you know, mill your opponent, then exile their whole graveyard. But yeah, like, I mean, putting stuff in your graveyard four at a time is good. <laughs> like, you Dude, never... You know, I mean, in Legacy... How many Quatley's Raptors you can put into the graveyard? <laughs> right. Then you can return them all with the next card. We're up to April 16th. Finale of Eternity. X black black. Sorcery. Destroy up to three target creatures with toughness X or less. 
If X is 10 or more, return all creature cards from your graveyard to the battlefield. This, cool. this is a nice way to catch up against young pyromancers. Um, you know, it's, it's a sweeper. It's a one-sided sweeper for, like, a bunch of X1s. Mm-hmm. It's expensive, you know, but it is that. The triple forked bolt. Yeah. Well, uh, I guess it's a triple forked bolt. It's, it's three fork oh. bolts for the price of three it's fork three, bolts. It's three. It's, I don't know. Three flares. <laughs> I don't know. It's fork bolt plus one damage. It's arc lightning, actually, is what it is. Arc lightning. Oh, that is exactly arc lightning, isn't it? <laughs> Else you can do this. You can pump this up to two black black and hit a Delver yeah. and a couple other things, um, or a Stoneforge. Delver Mystic. Stoneforge, and of course it doesn't hit True Name because yeah. life is meaningless. <laughs> but like, I don't know. Man, uh, True Name is really a cancer on the game, isn't it? It really is. We're not gonna get into it now because we have so many cards to get through. But boy, what a shitty card. Um, I don't see anything else. Oh, Casualties Bassa. of War. I mean, come on. We're not going to talk about Casualties of yeah, War? Yeah, we'll do this last value boss of a card. Casualties of War. Two, double black, double green. Choose one or more. Destroy target artifact, creature, enchantment, land, or planeswalker. Buy as many of these as you can in foil right now. It's a pretty sick EDH card. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. Silly um, not a great Nick Fit card. I mean, it's an okay Nick Fit card. Yeah, I don't. Like, I don't see this seeing play in in Legacy per se, but I, I you know, for the financial moment of the of the of the thing, this is going to be like a dollar card initially, and then three years from now, you're going to be like, man, I wish I'd have picked those up because everyone's playing them in every single Golgari like playable deck in EDH, and and now they're twenty three dollars. The the biggest value I get from this card is I know that if and when in my life I'm playing any any deck in Legacy. And my opponent casts this and gets to Ooh. nuke one of my permanents of every mode on this card. Do you high five him? No. Well, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm, gonna I'm, I'm going to look them dead in the eye. I'll high five them. I will scoop up my cards, and then I will never play another Just game ever again. Drive home. I'll never play Magic. <laughs> and that's why that's the real value that I find out of this card is I know Just that getting this people out of the game. The this is the point where if this happens to me, I'm out. It is it is the royal flush of Magic the Gathering to have all of these in play and have them all removed. <laughs> this is like the thing you're a boxer and you get you're like you get knocked out in a way where you're like I I'm, I'm I can't do this anymore. It's done. <laughs> My ears are bleeding. Like <laughs> that's what's happening. <laughs> you do that thing where your legs go into into jello as you fall and it's it's just over. It's like yeah. the Paul punch from uh, Tekken. Like, this happens at an event, you scoop up your cards, and you go directly to the closest vendor and say, I'd like to sell a collection. I'd like to sell these cards. Like I'd like to, to sell this deck. This, this deck lost. You do this. You just, like, I, I, try, I tried this deck, but it lost to Casualties of War, so I have to sell it. You don't want to keep your dual lands? No. Uh, and now, if- vendors are going to get to have the fun thing where if somebody is all, like, downtrodden and, and, and dismayed, and they show up, and they're like, I need to sell a, connect, a collection, they're just going to go... Casualties of war, huh? Yeah, right. They're just going to know. Yep. Finale of Revelation. X, blue, blue, sorcery. Draw X cards if X is 10 or more. Instead, shuffle your graveyard into, the, into your library. Draw X cards. Untap up to five lands. 
and you have no maximum hand size for the rest of the game. This is which the first time is... one of these cards has been good, in my opinion. Uh, and, I, and it's I, good in high tide, and that's not good. That's just, it's playable as a card in, in, in that deck. That's the only time, I like, obviously untapping five five lands is, is a huge part of why this is good. Man, Max is, you can get, to, you can get to, te- to 12, right, with this thing? Yeah, easily. Here's the, here's the thing, right? Like, this card is just like, you get to Time Spiral after you have 12 mana. To let you know how busted Time Spiral was. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, it's, next, it's like your fifth Time Spiral. That's what I was thinking. Like, no, this is for people who can't afford Time Spirals. Sure, also that. <laughs> I don't want to know how much Time Spiral is right now. I'm not going to look. Um, like I did mention this because of High Tide. High Tide gets a new thing every set. And it's still garbage. And it never is good. I, I, <laughs> I, there's got to be a way for that. You know, well, I play against the green blue, the green blue high tide. Just put a city of solitude in there and just win the game. Like you're never gonna lose <laughs> if you untap with a city of solitude and play. Like, it gets something new every set, but it's not. It's getting like new payoffs. It's not getting new things that make the engine better. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, blast zone. This is a land. Blast zone enters the battlefield with a charge counter on it. Tap, add one colorless mana to your mana pool. XX tap, put X charge counters on blast zone. Three tap, sacrifice, destroy each non-land permanent with converted mana cost equal to the number of charge counters on blast zone. This is interesting because it's like, is this... It it could technically get to where you want to go faster than uh, Ratchet Bomb or Powder Keg, right? Like, it it has that ability uh, depending on when you draw it. Losing a land, obviously, is kind of a bummer, but um, I don't know. This is a, it's an interesting card. I don't know that it's great, but uh, it does start with one charge counter on it, so if you play this on turn three, you can blow up all the Delvers. It's uncounterable. Or four, I should say. Play it on turn four. Yeah. I think this is the most ubiquitously powerful card in this set, and it is guaranteed to see the most play. It's an interesting card, for sure. It comes in untapped. I mean, the actual hardest part about this card is the fact that it starts with a charge counter on it so that you can't blow up a bunch of tokens. I wonder why that is. Now, you can remove the counter through various other means, but yes. Um, you can also proliferate this. Sure. Like, you know, that's why I would say, like, proliferate, underrated mechanic, like, I think you can do. I like that you mentioned Powder Keg and Ratchet Bomb because those are the cards it's really competing with because... You know, in the sort of colorless or two or one or two color decks that need a sweeper like this, like a, a you know, um, engineered explosives doesn't cut it. I still think engineered explosives is probably a better card. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, those cards, you know, have other trade-offs, like the not other, being able to crop rotation for them, for example. You can crop rotate. But the other thing, if you wanted to hit, if you're playing this in decks that would likely be playing blast zone and you want to hit tokens, you can always copy your thespian stage. That is correct. You've got Thespian Stage. You know, the other, actually, the thing I was thinking was, like, in, in the, if there's, like, a permanent-based card that's stopping you from making Merit Lage in your Merit Lage deck, you have a zillion land tutors, and you can blow off the Pithing Needle on Thespian Stage or whatever it is, right? Well, this is, like, it, it has that. It has the application in lands and turbo depths and everything to just be a tutorable EE, but it also uh, can function in, if you're playing just a way on the other side of the spectrum, if you wanted to play a way harder control deck, this plus Crucible, it just locks out one mana permanence. Exactly. Yep, Crucible is another thing that you can do. I, I definitely I definitely agree. I think that this card is going to take some work because I, it's going to be hard to put counters on it. 
and it's, it comes in with the one, so it doesn't wipe tokens, but it is an uncounterable sweeper, and boy, who knows? So much going on. Uh, let's see, where are we? We are on April 17th. Uh, boy, there's so many cards in this well, set. Price of Betrayal, I think we can definitely talk about, right? Price of Betrayal is I a, know, and uh, I, I want to talk about the other two cards, too, but yes. Uh, one black for sorcery. Move, remove up to five counters from target artifact, creature, planeswalker, or opponent. <laughs> yeah, this is... I mean, aside from the fact that this can't hit a chalice on one, which is uh, sort of a bummer, um, uh, everything else, this is this is pretty good. This is also the first card aside from leeches that can remove infect counters but yeah. it's only from your opponent no no i understand yeah. that you're not going to do it it's just that this <laughs> card is in a unique class you could you could uh you could do it for the rubbins and then attack them for yeah it, it, it's it's funny to me that this is the only card outside of leeches that can remove poison counters and they don't give this card the opportunity to defend against that yeah, well, that's that's something they never want to do is is put a, put, put a card that interacts with uh, uh, Infect uh, again. Well, I, I think, like, in design, when they were designing this card, it was originally from target player. And then, you know, Rosewater's love for Infect and not wanting that in, to be interacted with goes, wait, guys, no, 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 no. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. Would you rather this was two mana so it could hit Chalice? I would. Not that I play black, but I would. I, I think they could have just said that this was also uncounterable. <laughs> yeah. That's what I was thinking, too. They could have made it just also uncounterable. Removing the, the counters from a creature, an artifact, um, there's there's some application there. Um, like uh, Walking Ballista, like it forces them to use their Walking Ballista immediately. Same thing with Ockbound Ravager. It could sort of force the action on yeah. something like that. It's a one-mana way to kill most Planeswalkers. Like, Jace goes to five if they plus two it, and then this this wipes that out. And this also um, doesn't get red blasted, you know, or blue blasted. Right. Yeah. Um, also, if, think... you, if, you, if you play a bunch of these, you can uh, raw dog your Dark Depths. <laughs> wow. Just get in there. <laughs> you can't. It doesn't, it doesn't remove it from lands. Oh, what? no. Oh, no. I got that's, got. that's why That's what I was going to say. Like, if this removes... Like, what... This card is so interesting because of where the, what they did with it. It's one mana, so it doesn't hit the chalice on one. doesn't hit lands, doesn't hit you. But is it enough to have is a it, one mana thing that probably kills most Planeswalkers? Is it because Blastem would be broken then? Yeah, yeah, right? We figured it out, two, guys. <laughs> two cards and a land drop to destroy all their tokens. Yep. Uh, we got to go back. we got to go to Tyrant Scorn. Yep. Blue and a black. Choose one. Destroy a target creature with converted mana cost three or less. Return target creature to its owner's hand. This is another one of those flexible spells for your Grixis deck or Esper deck that will kill things and also bounce horrifying things like Merit Lage or Grizzlebrand. I actually thought that this was going to be a card that would actually start seeing play in those decks because it's uh, it's going to kill everything that any of your other removal spells could kill except for TNN because obviously why (laughs) why would that ever happen? Yeah. But it kills... It kills everything that you would need to kill, plus it can bounce a Merit Lage, so it deals with what that deck needs outside of TNN. And also, it's not dead against combo because you can pitch it. Right. Right. Um, I don't know. It's not a four of. It's it's just a card that's out there. It's Smother with Unsummon Attack. I I think that this card will, like, we will all know what Tyrant Scorn does as a card in 
two years because it will have seen enough play for us to be like, oh, yeah, that's a card that's like totally reasonable. Card that's totally reasonable. Yep. Um, Gideon Sacrifice. One white for an instant. Choose a creature or planeswalker you control. All damage that would be dealt to you and permanence you control this and permanence you control this turn is dealt to the chosen permanent again. Or instead, if it's still in the battlefield. Um, can I just tell you guys, I, I played a Legacy Cube last night and I resolved a bonfire of the damned. <laughs> Great card to resolve. <laughs> I love it. Oh, it was so good. Um, the thing that he's not sharing with you, valued listeners, is he resolved it by hard casting it. No, it was off. It was off the top. <laughs> at like the exact. It was off the top at the exact perfect time. It was such a luck sack. Um, uh, I don't know that this will be played. It's it's like it's got weird sort of like fog and then like snapcaster value. Not, there's a there's a few effects like this. The fact that it can hit a planeswalker, like you can use it on a planeswalker if you like really don't want to die. Um, you can also snapcaster it and then choose the snapcaster and basically just like nice lethal attack, <laughs> you know, untap terminus. Dude, or something. Dude, that's the funniest situation. We're playing this card and we're just spewing value, like throwing throwing all of our cards to like not take any damage, and then we just go nice lethal attack, dude, untap, and they're like, all right, cool, dude, just attack you for lethal again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, Ugin, the ineffable, six colorless mana for legendary planeswalker Ugin with four loyalty. <laughs> colorless spells you cast cost two less to cast. Plus one, exile the top card of your library face down and look at it. I assume they mean look at the front. <laughs> just like put it down. And stare, stare at the it. card face down. <laughs> Judge. My look, at it. look at it. Look at it. Look at it. Create a, create a 2 2 colorless spirit creature token. When that token leaves the battlefield, put the exiled card into your hand. Minus three, destroy target permanent that's one or more colors. I can hear Phil laughing in the background because he's ineffable. Yeah, he's ineffable. Dude, dude, this is like, I love that they were just like, guys, we really want to do Manifest. Yeah, this is not Manifest. manifest. So so let's figure a way out here. (laughs) I do like that. It's just, and look at it. You're just like, and like, someone's going to just look at their card. Face down. This is safe for how long? It it also like what if 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 my opponent just exiles the card and doesn't look at it, do I have to inform them that they need to look at it? (laughs) Um. Okay. I don't. The the problem with this card is a six because I think that the static ability plus six is sort of meaningless. Like if you made six, you don't need to. Yeah, you don't need it. This is it's like mana matrix in Legends. Like once you have six mana, do you need stuff to cost less? Yeah. Uh, I think this plus one is good. This is a good plus one. It's, yeah. draw, it's, it's basically everything's a 2-2 two, two that draws a card. And then, you know, it's just minus three to destroy something. So, I don't know. At six, maybe too much. With all these other colorless cards, the new Karn, the old Karn. Yeah, the <laughs> problem with know. this at six is that if you're spending six mana, it's going to be off the Mycosynth Lattice that you just got with your Karn and ending the game. Yeah, right. I know, but it, it's kind of, that plus one is so cool. I wish it was on a different card. Yep. Um, let's see. Oh, Finale of Devastation. X green green for a sorcery. Search your library and or graveyard for a converted mana cost for creature card with converted mana cost extra less and put it onto the battlefield. If you search your library this way, shuffle it. If X is 10 or more, creatures you control get plus X plus X and gain haste until end of turn. This is a super green sun zenith that also searches the graveyard. Yeah, I, I I'm gonna shout out to to Robert Pompa on this one. This card's busted. 
This card is, is good. As a person who has cast a lot of green sun zeniths in my day, um, here's here's where here's the thing. You can't if you're four green sun zenith deck, you cannot pull them all out and play this because if you're playing four green sun zenith, you are also playing dryad arbor and you need that ability yeah. to make green sun zenith mana acceleration. This does not do that. Yeah, this doesn't do that. But but what it does do is is it affects the graveyard, which I think is is huge. Being able to look in your graveyard as well as your deck is is gigantic. Right, and so for four color loam, this is a is a deck that plays one to two green sun zenith. And there was a bit of a discussion about, well, yes, we only play two of them, but sometimes it's the only thing we can do on turn one, and it does still accelerate us. On the other hand, like this gets your dark confidant, this gets a, you know your your hate bear post board, um, it looks in your graveyard. So like you know if you've only got two, there's no you can either split them or just play this instead. Um, you can and then there's other things you could do like go up on Sylvan libraries or something to to you know have some more consistency uh nick fits the other one i thought because nick fit yes like x for x um equals one for a uh um x equals one for a uh veteran explorer is good but not you know the only thing you need to do so um you could you could get like non non-green creatures with this with all your mana so yeah. i like the card yeah, I mean the non-green graveyard. It, it's just like it's worth the one mana. I think it's double green, which is a lot. Yeah, so you're gonna be a green deck. Maverick maybe is a fifth green sub zenith. Like that's sure. a, that's like, but you would never you would never cut any amount of zenith from the four to do this. Uh, Phil, interested? This, uh, this card just being a, a tutor for everything. It made me. I don't know if this cost is going to be too steep because something like Court of Calling already doesn't see any play. And Court of Calling is three green. That's a lot no, more than Court of two. Calling is free. But if you already have a, a board in play in, in Legacy, you don't really need to Court of Call for anything. Like That's Natural Lords like is in Legacy. I don't so know like, if like like all of the other creatures that you would want to be getting that aren't green, but this thing already requires double green. Uh, I see a lot of tension in that. The, um, reason, the reason I think that's good, though, is like, first of all, Thought Not Seer is not green. Like, that's the kind of card you can get with this. It'll make fit. No, no, no. I, I don't think that the card is bad. I just think yeah. that, like, the, the tension of... Uh, of it, I, I think it's getting more hyped because people are looking at it and saying you can get any card. But in Legacy, it requiring double green is already going to be such a steep cost in a deck that... In a deck where Green Sun Zenith wouldn't already get all of the things that you'd be playing anyway, uh, that I don't know if this is going to make the cut because Green Sun Zenith exists. However, they really, really, really are making you uh, uh, really, really teasing Diet Elves in Modern. Yeah, right. right. They're like, here's your Glimpse for four mana. Here's your Green Sun Zenith for an additional mana. <laughs> Right. It's like, do you want to play Watered Down Elves? We got you. I, I think that the the thing is like again, like you know, looking for stuff that's zenithable is a thing that you do sometimes, and you know, the, sometimes you need something that isn't, and that's the, that's the issue. The reanimation aspect of this is also good because if you like lose your one of, you know, that you so stored, if it gets killed, you can just or countered. Well, I guess not countered. Well, yeah, because you like try to cast it, it gets countered, then you can dig it out of your graveyard. Yeah. I mean, the double green is a lot to ask, but it's a thing that would make you play double green, which is probably something the format needs. 
I mean, I'm more interested in thinking like, is does does this card, like in all honesty, I I looked and think of this card as more something that you'd play in like lands or something, and it like opens up a new avenue into into some like into that world because. I don't know. I don't know what deck wants that's playing double green that is going to be will- like, like you said, it's like you get your hate bear, but it's like if you're getting your two mana hate bear, that means that this thing costs four mana. And it's like, is the hate bear going to do enough work? Like, it's got to be like a lights out. I mean, Gaddick Teague is a card, right? Like, Green from Zenith, right? Yeah, like, yeah, for sure, yeah. for sure. I'm just saying, like, there are cards out there that, that you can, that you can grab that are, that are hateful. Uh, th- that I think are worth the two extra mana in a, in a pinch when you need them. It's sure, vampire. I mean, it's vampire hex mage. Yep. Like there's that this, too. This, like you're playing a bunch of green in that deck. This card being uh, uh, uh like I don't think tutors are ever necessarily going to be bad. And this one being able to get anything that you want. Like if this thing shows up, I'm not going to be surprised. I just don't think it's as good as we think, specifically because double green. I think that's right, and, I, and I'm and I'm sad about that because it's a cool card. But you, there's I think it's a really card. awesome card. Yeah, uh, Zach, did you want to talk about Gideon? I'm confused. No, no, I don't. We already we already talked about Gideon. Um, I think Gideon's the, the not, last... dude, Gideon's just gonna show up in a bunch of yeah. DNT decks and crush my face. Ex- yeah. Exactly. It's 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 like this card's not totally worth talking about. It's like here you go, that's the card. But I think the, the last card we that. should talk about is is uh, Narset Parter of Veils. We should dude, talk about Narset. She's busted. Card busted. Yep, Narset Partner Veils, one blue blue. Legendary Planeswalker Narset with five loyalty. Each opponent can't draw more than one card each turn. Hooray. Minus two. Uh, look at the top four cards of your library. Uh, it's the search for Escanta abilities. Maybe a non-creature on land card from it, and then put the rest in the bottom in a random, random it's order. Three so, mana double impulse Leovold. Yeah, yeah, here's the thing: is is that that ability on a mono blue spell for three mana is pretty good. It's um, unbelievable. This yeah. card is unbelievable. I, 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 I can't, I cannot believe this card. This, I, this shuts the gate on a lot of decks. Uh, if you can get this out on turn two off of uh, off of a mana dork or something, it could it could be devastating. Leovold double impulse. Yeah, Leovold double, double impulse. impulse. I don't understand. Well, you know, it's just they can't dig for answers. You know, it's is it is it how much is it competing with Teferi, which is a similar sort of like mirror breaking effect in the blue mirror same thing with Dovin that we talked about for a little bit just play like, three drops dot deck you played this you played uh teferi you played true name you know you just you there played, you go you just ruin the game you just ruin the game <laughs> i just think that like the, the the thing is is like you know how leobold it's like leobold's really good but he's also tough if you draw in multiples right like you're probably winning if if one is sticking but like drawing multiples of leobold is, is tough you, you can't do anything with him where with Narset, you just get to double impulse, and then if you just play another one to impulse again, it's still fine. Yeah. And it's geez. in one color. It's geez. in one. It's just mono blue. I don't yeah. understand. I didn't even think of that, that you just fight other Narsets off this. You can play four Narsets a lot. Yeah. It just They never draw. The thing is, like, it doesn't do anything else. Leovold attacks. It doesn't do it anything draws else. draws extra cards, man. Removal. How do you, you got to win the game. Like, I don't know. Yeah, double impulse. Find my Jace the Mind Sculptor. That's true. You're behind on car. You're behind on. You can't deck them though. Dude, um, this, this just—if <laughs> if they have Jace the Mind Sculptor and you slam this, they can't like Jace bounce it to like then deal with it. They just can't brainstorm anymore. You're yeah. right. You're right. 
Uh, Narset's Narset reversal, insane. I kind of like. Narset's insane. We should spend the next three days straight talking about how insane Narset is. <laughs> We're already two and a half hours into this. Into we should spend that entire two and a half hours talking about Narset. <laughs> Narset's reversal. Blue, blue. Instant. Copy target instant or sorcery spell, then return it to its owner's hand. You may choose new targets for the copy. Uh, Zach, you got a Storm idea for this? I don't know. I don't know about Storm. I mean, this card is is interesting for a few reasons. One, because uh, it counters uncounterable spells for a time, right? So if your opponent's going to kill your Delver with his uh, Abrupt Decay, and you're just like, no, Abrupt Decay, your guy. Also, Abrupt Decay gets bounced to your hand. I'd take three, you know. That, that sort of stuff, that's where this card's cute. Um, but uh, Legacy is notoriously a low mana cost spell kind of situation, so a lot of times they're going to be a recast the spell. Yeah. What if, what if though, you dramatic reversal their Enter the Infinite? Narset's reversal, their Enter the Infinite. <laughs> yeah, Narset's reversal. Enter the infinite. No, dude. I feel um, like you do lose still, though. <laughs> I was if trying you're to not set up what, for it. I was trying to figure out what happens if you if you cast this on a paradoxical outcome, because um, you don't return the card. You don't return the permanence till resolution, but it's also their permanence. I'd I think it just stops stops it for like a turn, for a second, and they just cast it again. Yeah. Uh, Sar- we're not going to talk about this card seriously, but Sarkin's Catharsis. Has the best art. Set. He's got dragon hands, man. <laughs> that hands that are dragons. I said it to my bandmates, and I said, we're going to get this. We, we have to make art. We send them this card, and we say, as close as possible without infringing copyright. <laughs> Dude's got dragon hands. Um, Dude, you know that Sarkin in that picture, like, he's burning Bolas's meditation realm. And while he's doing it, he's just going, stuff, stuff, I need more stuff. <laughs> right. Okay, on whatever day, April 18th, the rest of the set was spoiled. And it's a lot of uh, weirdo cards, so we'll just look at them, starting with Plain Wide Celebration, which we're not going to talk about, but um, anything in here? I, don't, I didn't another... see anything. I didn't see anything interesting uh, at all, honestly. D-Spark, yep, looking... I guess, is is like interesting. It's like Exile Permit oh. with Converted Mana Cost 4 or Greater. The Greater is weird. Uh, if it was 4 or less, I think this card would see play. The 4 Greater makes it pretty narrow. Um, until, like, it, it's like, okay, cool, you can get Girmog Anglers and Jaces with this card. Return to Nature, 1 in a green for an instant. Choose 1, destroy target artifact, destroy target enchantment, or exile target card from a graveyard. Okay. It's close. I think it either needs a. It, if the third mode was Tormod's Crypt, that's what you needed. Yeah. Um, I think one of the like two mana to trade for one card is not not good enough, but it's out there. Um, heartwarming Redemption, two red white for an instant. Discard all the cards in your hand, then draw that many cards plus one. You gain life. You number of cards in your hand. Um, not interested. It's it's yeah. It's a weirdo wheel, <laughs> but you can you can bin stuff with it. Uh, oh, Arboreal Grazer. Uh, one green for an O3 creature beast with reach would enter the battlefield. You may put a land card from your hand onto the battlefield tapped. Uh, I wouldn't sleep on this because it's any land card. Okay. Um, and it ramps. So there's a, there's ramp. There's shenanigans. Um, it, it it does suck if you like you don't put in a tapped fetch and they wasteland your fetch. But then they, you know you're still ahead. 
uh, and also it's sacrificed. Are you ahead though? You've played an O three defender or an O uh, three no, reach it creature. It doesn't have defender. It doesn't have it defender. Has, it might as well, but it doesn't get in the in the beat zone. <laughs> yeah, this guy can get it. You just you just sure. you play uh you play uh the, whatever the, the there's a planeswalker that that has the what's it called ability Do, what the, Domri uh, you play Domri no the plane oh, <laughs> Domri works yeah it yeah. makes it one three also sure. um there's a there's a what's the tree folk guy whose name is escaping me uh that's Doran Doran there's a there's a there's a planeswalker Doran in the set okay too. Fair. um yeah Watley Watley. Yeah, Watley. Yeah, that's what she does. Uh, I don't see uh, anything else. Do you guys see anything else? I'm looking. I'm looking. I'll find something. God, isn't that <laughs> so, interesting? So, if you love the the Watley dinosaur that proliferates, there's another dude in the set that also proliferates. It's like one in a white. Is there? Yeah, he's a soldier. It's like when it when he dies, proliferate. Yeah, yeah. I mean, why not? Well, no, this comes into play proliferate. I mean, that's what you need to do. Yeah. Um. No, I I agree. I don't think. There's anything else left? I'm not even gonna. All right, fair. I, I, I do want to talk about Charm Stray, but you know, uh... I want to give a shout out to our uh, our uh, new pledges. Uh, Sean, thank you. Drake, thank you. Uh, Eli, thank you. Uh, we're gonna dedicate this particular long cast to you guys. Uh, much appreciated. Thank you for uh, supporting the cast. Uh, uh, you know, uh, anybody else that is looking to support the cast, this was a pretty long one. We we took some time off of work to to get this going. Yeah, right. uh, you can hit us up at uh, patreon.com slash eternal dirtles. Uh, if you hit over $20 in pledges, we send you a t-shirt. Right. I, I think that's it for us, right? We've been on for long enough. So Thank you for making it this far, everyone. Great. Thanks, everyone. Have a good week. Narset. Where does he get those wonderful toys?